Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with River Brown, Andrew Velez, and Joe Dells. And this is now episode 316. In this episode, we're going to preview and predict the NBA Eastern Conference. Then we will give a list of breakout players for the conference as well. Basketball show NBA season is coming up. Preseason already happened. Timberwolves and Mavericks, they play. You know, the Wolves looking good right now. The Wolves looking yeah, good. What about your Mavs, though? It's preseason. Jason Kidd is experimenting with lineups. You had Omex. You had Lively in there. Lively was getting bullied, but it's to be expected. He's a rookie. So what you're telling me is the Mavericks are still pretenders? Mid. As long as they got Luka, it would never be mid. Oh, really? They had Luka last year. And they had Luka the year before and went to Congress. West, yeah. the West, but, uh, what have you done for me lately? The West prediction is going to be more fun. Because the East is like, we know the top dogs. The West, though, we're going to have more than just... Spoiler: Two guys, two whack ass conference. Top, not uh, my conference, conference. Not our conference. Our conference. I'm, a, I'm everywhere, man. Yeah, I was, he can't fucking. <laughs> I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt nah. for the only time ever. I'm good, bro. I'm everywhere. Man. We thought we start off with the East just because one of the teams just made a blockbuster move and the Celtics and trading for Drew Holiday and of course the Bucks traded for Dame. Now Dells is going to be on this show for about. 30, 40 minutes. Um, 40 minutes he, is generous. He is going to get a haircut. He has an appointment at 2 o'clock. We're filming this at It's not my fault. First of all, we're recording this on Saturday. He's we about record, to be here and blame me. I'm, I'm blaming two, I'm, I'm recording, blame multiple people. We're supposed to what record every Friday. Blaming these two, right? Drew's like, I need to go out tonight. I was, like, I was like, it's all right. I hadn't gotten to the gym. I was like, it's fine. I'll go. I'll work out. So then we're like, bet. We'll record 11 o'clock Saturday. Mm. It's 1 o'clock. My appointment's at 2. I said, let's record. 11 on Saturday's perfect. We'll have plenty of time. I'm time to get my hair cut. Supposed to record at 11. 11. T- I hit the chat. 10 o'clock. Yo, let's do it. I was awake. Joel's like, damn, man. I'm tired. Like, can we, <laughs> can we push this back to 12.30? And now we're recording at 1 Don't o'clock. Don't forget, he shit it. So and then, shit and it. then uh, I, I was here at 12.15. Drew and Riv don't get here till twelve forty-five. We had to get him McDonald's, and you also took thirty minutes to shit. Your shit was longer than my McDonald's. I did almost shit myself. So we was bad. here already at twelve thirty. I'll keep it a stack. If this was the West, I wasn't showing up. But I had to talk about the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. Yeah, yeah. I I just needed some sleep, man. I was so tired, I and I needed a night out with my dogs. I took a shower and uh I came out of the shower with my with my uh, towel on. Dells said the back door's locked. I said, "Ah shit." Oh no, Dells is going to walk in on me with a towel on. Now, first of all, he opens the he unlocks the door and doesn't open it. So I, I hear him fiddling with the door. I'm waiting for him to open it. Like, and then I open it and I see him I'm like, "What the fuck, bro?" <laughs> That's I would out bro cuz I I unlocked it cuz I was hoping I would get up in time before he opens the door. Uh-huh. And then, you know, right as I hit my stride and I'm on the final step, Dells opens up. I'm like, I'm like this, oh, bro. Hey, I'm Dallas. like, I'm like, about to go? Go back. About to go because I hear him fiddling with it. <laughs> I should have just been like, yo, just give me like 10 seconds. Yeah. Then come in. Eastern Conference tiers list. So in previous years, we would preview these teams. Each team, we'd go down a list. But this one, we're just going to break it down into three tiers. The contenders, the playoffs slash play-in teams, and then the clear lottery teams. So, Dells, you can kick this off with your contenders and your playoff and playing teams and your lottery teams. I think we all have the same contenders, Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, 
Do you have, oh, maybe there's someone else. I don't know. I'm not, the big the big missing piece is the Heat, who just made the finals. And I get it, but they got worse, and the Bucks and Celtics got, in my opinion, much better. I agree. Uh, you know, losing uh, Gabe Vincent, that was a big loss. Max Strews, I mean, they lost some key pieces. I know they got other guys in there, and of course, it's the Heat. So, they'll probably have some undrafted guy or second-round pick out of from the last three years that goes crazy, but... Right now, the Heat aren't in my contenders list. Maybe they'll make me eat my words, but this was an eight seed who barely got into the playoffs. Um, they did their thing, to their credit, beat the Bucks, beat the Celtics, beat the Knicks, uh, you know, did lose to the Nuggets, but Celtics and Bucks are really my, my only two contenders, and I think the only questions around these teams is, is really depth. Um, at least for Boston, I feel so confident in that top six. Like, they have legitimately six guys that I have no problem starting in the playoffs, and they still have a boatload of second round picks, first round picks that if they need to get a seventh man or eighth man off the bench, they'll be able to make that move. Um, the Bucks don't have that same depth. Like you, of course you have Brooke and, and Middleton to go along with the big two they got there. But outside of that, you know, Pat Connington, uh, Malik Beasley, they picked up. I'm not as excited for them as I am with like the Celtics. It's Derek White and Porzingis and, and Al Horford, who we know in the playoffs, I guess Porzingis, maybe not as much, but those other guys, we have no problem starting. Um, playoff playing teams, it's a long list. Heat, Sixers, Knicks, Cavs, Hawks, Pacers, Nets, Magic, and Bulls. Um, I think maybe the only surprise here is possibly the Magic, but I'm sure we're all high on the Magic this year. Um, Franz Wagner going into year three. You got Paolo there, of course. Picked up Anthony Black. Very excited for this Magic team. Um, and even I have a couple lottery teams here, like the Raptors and Hornets, who I still have faith they can make a play-in. It's really just the Wizards and Pistons I'm looking at. Like, I'd be shocked if they're able to make a play-in. But those two other teams, the Raptors and Hornets, just two seasons ago, the Hornets were right in it. And now LaMelo's going to be healthy. They're getting Bridges back. Um, of course, they drafted Brandon Miller second overall. So the talent is there. This is a team that showed us they could be in the play-in situation. Mark Williams is another one second half of the year last year that really broke out into the scene. They have a, a real presence on the interior defensively. Um, so, so those teams, it, it wouldn't shock me. But the only two lottery teams that I would be appalled by would be the Wizards and the Pistons. Looking at the Celtics and Bucks, those are the only two contenders, in my opinion, in the Eastern Conference. The Miami Heat are not contenders. They didn't land Dame. They didn't land even a Bradley Bill would have been a huge boost to this team. They added Josh Richardson, and they have depth. I think their depth going into the season is a bit better. But you need star power, and they don't have star power. And I think last year's run was kind of lucky you know I just I'll blatantly just say that I think it was kind of lucky I don't think Jimmy Butler plays at the level he played at last year especially in that first round and the way they shot the ball shooting damn near 60 percent from three I mean I just don't think that's gonna happen again it's not repeatable the contenders Celtics and Bucks right now their line is both at 54 and a half wins they're tied season I am leaning Celtics to have a better regular season uh the Bucks just they're a bit older. I don't trust their depth as much as the Celtics. And I would lean the Celtics to have a better regular season. With the playoff and playing teams, I think there are a lot. It's really jumbled up. If I were to condense it and just give you guys, like, the teams that I think will make the playoffs, you have to put the Heat in there. I mm -hmm. think the Sixers have to be in there. Agreed. The Sixers are the only team amongst these four that I think are on the on the line of contender and pretender, just because I think if they do get a reinvigorated James Harden, he played at a close to all NBA level last year. They took the Celtics to seven. They can be contenders. They, they add Patrick Beverly to the team. They yep. add Kelly Oubre. This team has much more depth than last year's team. 
but I don't know what's happening with James Harden. So I can't put them into the contender tier. <clears throat> the Knicks have to be a team that have to be in this playoff mix just because Jalen Brunson proved that he's one of the best point guards in the league. We still have Julius Randle. RJ should just stay steady, and I think Quentin Grimes can take a, a leap this year. <laughs> what are you why's laughing that, at that? that? Julius Randle. Julius oh, Randle. Oh, oh. yeah, okay, okay. that that's one. an all-NBA player. Yeah, that, that was just the one I couldn't hold my tongue for. Everything else was sound, for sure. The Cavaliers, this was surprised me the most. So, out of the the win totals for these East teams, this is how it goes. The Celtics and Bucks are at 54.5. Then comes the Cavs at 50.5 wins. That's third. Number three is the number four is the Sixers at 48 and a half. And then the Heat and Knicks are both tied at 45 and a half. So Vegas is projecting the Cavaliers to have the third best regular season. Makes sense. Which makes some sense. They they won a lot of games last year. They added shooting to the team. The Cavaliers with me, it's just really the playoffs. I I don't know the growth that we're going to get from Evan Mobley on the offensive side of the ball. I think he still has ways to go defensively just in terms Mm -hmm. of guarding more positions, becoming more like a Bam Adebayo on defense. I don't think he's as good as Bam Adebayo. So when I look at these teams, it's really the playoff locks to me are Celtics, Bucks, Heat, Sixers, Knicks, Cavaliers. But I really love the Pacers. I do. I think the Pacers are the best value bet here. They're at 38 and a half win total. They're below the Hawks. They're just a win over the Magic and the Nets and the Bulls. As long as Tyrese Halliburton is healthy, I think Aaron, I think uh, Benedict Matherin gets better. They added Bruce Brown. I think the Pacers here are the team that's going to surprise everybody in the Eastern Conference, and I think they will get a top six seed. I don't know whose spot they take out, but I'm very confident in the Pacers coming into the season. And the, the clear lottery teams to me, the Hornets, Pistons, and Wizards, the Hornets have talent. They added Miles Bridges back to the team. He's a player that can, he's going to give you 20 and 8. LaMelo Ball, if he's healthy, is going for 24 and 10. I like Brandon Miller. I still think he's a good player despite the summer league struggles. They have a solid team, and Steve Clifford makes their guys play defense. But I'm just not sold on the Hornets like that. I just think they're an immature team. I Even with Steve Clifford being in, there. Immature team, back-to-back play-ins. This past year, they of weren't course playing not, without you know LaMelo. I mean. yeah, yeah. With LaMelo, LaMelo's rookie season and LaMelo's sophomore season, with a very young, immature team, back-to-back planes. They look terrible on that plane, but they did make it. I can see it. It's just with me, I don't think the Hornets are better are a better team than the Bulls. I don't think they're a better team than the Raptors. The Raptors in there, you can, you know, it's even. But there's just a lot of teams in the East that are just mediocre. Like, they're mm-hmm. nothing special, but they just have good all-around roster. Like, even a team <laughs> like the Nets. The Nets in the West would be a lottery team. I wouldn't even think twice about them, but in the in the East, they can make the plan. Yeah. Like, they have good players. So, for me, the Magic I also have in the plan, just because I think we're going to get leaps from Paolo and Franz Wagner. The only clear lottery teams are the Hornets, Pistons, Wizards, and then the playoff and playing teams. I have a- about 10 of these teams in a playoff and playing mix. Um, I'll go through my list. Actually, Riv, I feel like I'm surprised that you're going to talk last. Do you want to Do you want to go or do you want me to go? I have a question. Okay. Uh, um, for because you guys talked first, so I have a question. <laughs> um, Why didn't you like my seat, by the way? Huh? Why didn't you like my seat? It just it just doesn't feel right for me. You also have the most expensive chair in the room. Do I really? You do. Yours, oh. yours goes back, right? Yeah. 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 That's tough. That's tough. Yeah, it's amazing. I need that. Um. Yeah. I'm sorry, bro. Oh, uh, your seat just don't got no cushion. You know what I'm saying? It ain't I, real. Your it ain't chair. Real. Your chair is amazing. Yeah, it is. Thank you're, you. You're a little bony. 
I am a little boy. I got some ass. You, you do got a little bit of poke to you. Um, <laughs> question for both of you guys. Um, do you guys think Porzingis makes that much of a difference to where the the gap between the Celtics and Miami dramatically shift? Or you just think Miami really got that much worse? Because they're Porzingis pretty much... Drew, too. Yeah, well, yeah, they did just get Drew. Because I think Miami, like you mentioned, they got better in the depth department, but they still didn't bring in that true number, like true scoring star that they needed. But I don't know if the, like, I don't know if it's still a, like, will we really be surprised by the end of the year if Miami knocks off another top team in the playoffs by the way these last three or four years have been? They haven't had star power in the bubble outside of the finals. They went to the finals. They didn't have, they had star, Jimmy played great when they went to the ECF. They played you guys the first time. You know, they lost to the Bucks, And then last year, you know, Jimmy went on a nuclear run. But I don't know if we can continue to keep counting out Miami just because they don't have the talent. Because at any moment we've seen in the East, they can knock off a team, go on a hot stretch, and beat another top contender. Um, so I guess my question is, does is Drew and Porzingis make that much of a gap to where you think Boston should just come to be clear them? They make that big of a gap in difference to me. The Heat, they have been underdogs and they have been overachievers, but I also seen them get swept in the first round. Mm. And I seen if Jimmy Butler struggles, they don't have nothing going for them offensively. And I think last year, having Tyler Hero out, I think helped their offense. There was more ball movement within the offense. And Tyler Hero, at this point, I think is kind of like an, a, an addition by subtraction player when you talk about the Heat. I'm not that high on him. The mm -hmm. de defensive woes are very apparent with him, and he's somebody that's going to take control of the ball and take away control from Jimmy Butler at times. I just don't believe in the Heat. Like, to answer your question, I wouldn't be surprised mm. if they knock off a team just because of their track record. But I don't also want to go by track record and just say this is why it will happen again. Because I think that there are teams that are just clearly more talented than them. And they just should beat them in a series if they were to match up. Are they in your contenders? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the thing is, if we're having the conversation of contenders to make it out of the East, then you have to include the Miami Heat essentially for the only reason of last season where nobody expected them to make the run that they did, but they knocked off the number one seed and the number two seed. That's impressive. Whether we want to sit here and discredit the, the roster that is the Miami Heat because we look at other teams like the Celtics, like Milwaukee, I'll even throw in the Sixers in this conversation. We might like the talent more, but end of the day, coaching matters in the league, and they have the best coach in the association, Eric Spolstra. Jimmy Butler has proven time and time again in the playoffs that he can be a play. He is a playoff riser and continues to be one of the better playoff performers that we have in the game right now. Bam Adebayo, who I've been critical of, defensively never been critical of, but offensively that's where I've had my my issues. Last season, being the initiator, honestly, a lot of the time the the offense ran through him in terms of him facilitating the offense and and really getting things going. He continues to improve year to year as well. Uh, you look at the rest of the roster, Gabe Vincent does does get subtracted from this team, but Josh Richardson, not a huge fan of that move. Thomas Bryant, I do like that move, not because Thomas Bryant, the player where he kind of, you know, slapped the, the Lakers in the face just for him to go to the Nuggets and get no playtime. I like this move because I've been telling you guys, they need a big. They need a backup big so Bam does not have to play the five. He can play that four hybrid five, and when you're asking him to defend on the perimeter. You still have that safety net in the back of the in, near the paint. Excuse me, in the paint near the basket. 
And I know that Thomas Bryant isn't this great defender, not even a little bit, but you needed another big on this roster. That's a solid addition. Jaime, I don't know how many minutes he's going to get, uh, but of course they did have that first-round draft pick. You have to respect them in that, in that regard of being contenders. If we're talking about championships, then I feel differently where I, I just don't see the Heat being good enough to knock off a team like the Nuggets, <laughs> knock off a team like the Lakers, knock off a team like the Suns. If they but you have to off, respect Spoh But if they can knock off the Bucks or the Celtics, why can't? They knocked them off They knocked them off last year, yeah. right? They knocked them off last year. Missoula first year, maybe we'll talk about it, but the, the, the podcast uh, with J.J. Redick did not do him any favors in his rookie campaign where he didn't have plays drawn up for the last couple of minutes of the game, uh, holding his timeouts and essentially – he had a, a good idea, but failed to execute the idea properly. Uh, the Celtics just did not look like the same basketball team that they did the year prior. Milwaukee, they were injured. And, and even still, when Giannis came back, Jimmy was just on another planet and Miami was playing excellent basketball. So last year, they did what people think that they couldn't do. But going into this season, understanding that you missed out on a Damian Lillard, you missed out on a Drew Holiday, that definitely sucks. But Jimmy and Bam, with Spo, of course, proved that they can still go to the finals. And they've done it two times already in their tenure together. I think you can, like, with Miami and Boston, they just know each other so well. You know, they're, they're very familiar with each other. And Spo... You know, he's the best coach in basketball. He just, un like, they play each other not only four times in a regular season, but they played each other multiple playoff runs. They pretty much have played the same guys every time they go about it. So <coughs> it's, it's, a it's, a, it's a familiarity thing in terms of when they go in the West. It's a different style. They just don't match up with a guy like the Joker or with multiple guards like Phoenix that has the ball, that can move the ball, that can score isolation. With Boston, they just know their tendencies, know them so much. It's a different outcome as opposed to, like, if they play a West team. So I understand what Drew is saying. Like, if Miami plays the Bucks or they plays Boston, they know them so well. They know Giannis's tendencies. They know Tatum's tendency. They know Jalen Brown's tendency, Chris Middleton, and so forth. The difference is now the Bucks bring in Dame. So that's, like, the heightened difference. Boston has brought in Drew, and they brought in Porzingis. But once again, they know Drew's tendencies also. So it's like Miami, they didn't bring in a star. And I think that's a failure. They did have an L offseason because they didn't bring in a star, and that's what they needed to improve this roster into that upper echelon. We even said that they brought in just Drew Holiday. This is a team that can literally come out the East. But I think I keep them in my contenders tier with the Bucks. I think Bucks. I think the contenders, the Bucks and the Boston are the top of the contenders. But I think you have to keep Miami in there. And I think you even have to add Philly in there just because Agreed. with Miami, you know, they can still be that unsung hero of the playoffs. They can still knock off a team. Like the Bucs and the Boston could play each other. They can still beat one. They can still go on a hot streak and beat one of those teams. We can't count them out. They did lose to the Bucs in that first round. But three out of the four years, they've been to an Eastern Conference Finals. And they've never had this growth of talent on their roster. You know, so I, I think I keep them in there with Philly. Philly is just a – they always have a good off they, – they had a good offseason. They didn't really lose much. Once again, if Harden's locked in, I'm sure this team is a team that can be a contender. He was at camp. That's a he, great he sign. He definitely showed up to camp. They said he didn't look out of shape. But with this team, it's always a – they're a contender in the offseason. Then the season starts. Then the playoffs start. And they're back to where they're going to be. But for right now, you got to put them in the contenders tier because they you did improve their roster. You, you listen, wait, you wait, what, Joel, what? Joel, don't you, no, do, you do, this. You do. They, they haven't gone to the second round. They were, were a game away from beating you guys. They were saved by a three-minute masterclass from Jason Tatum. We were a game away from Do you think this roster is a contending team? The Sixers? Yeah. Not really. No. No. On paper, no. 
on paper, they most Embiid. definitely are. That's great. Don't say that like it's not amazing. I'm looking at the Bucks and Celtics. I'm saying that they're clearing them. And Bede's an MVP. Harden yeah. just played on an all-NBA yeah. level. Tyrese Maxey, if he takes another leap where he was excellent they brought in, in the Pat playoffs. Bev. They brought in Pat Bev. Paul Reed back. They got Kelly Off Oubre. Off the bench, it's Listen, Paul Reed, Oubre, it, Bev. The only, the Anthony Milton. The, the only concern becomes... Harder. Of course, Harden, and but big depth. They don't have sure. any big after. Paul Reed is good, man. I like Paul Reed. Six nine, undersized. Paul Still. Reed's not bad. That's, that's Bam 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 six eight. But that's different. Bam Adebayo is yeah, just, one, he's a unicorn. One one, he, I know, but I'm just saying, Paul Reed is he's a good backup center. They don't have he's anybody. And like they brought in Mo Bamba, but you can't count Ooh. on Mo Bamba he's not at all. Play. No. Well, he might because they do need help with big. But if Paul Reed's the answer, then Paul Reed's the answer. But. You have to respect the Sixers. I understand it, right? You've owned them. Uh, maybe, the Boston uh, Celtics biased, have like, owned the Philadelphia 76ers. They never owned it. For sure. Philly has it's like literally... Philly didn't make, they but, didn't get worse. I mean, they got marginally better. Bringing in Pat Bev, you know, obviously moving on from Doc Rivers. Like, if you want to go that route, I, that maybe go. is something I could, I could get behind. But the roster itself, it's like around the edges, yeah, they've gotten marginally better, but they didn't go out and make this big move that are going to like... I, the biggest issue is in the playoffs. Is James Harden going to show up more than two games? Is Joel Embiid going to show up any games? Like they, they haven't I, showed that. But yet. I think those are like Philly's problems are more internal than actual roster. I don't, I don't think. They, yeah, I don't think they never they never needed a big move. I think they needed a couple moves in there, and their two stars to just show I up. I mean, they did make a big move. Nick Nurse is a big. move. Oh, I mean, like from a roster. Perspective. I understand yeah, what Nick you're Nurse saying, but sure. Nick Nurse is a yeah, 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 huge 100%, move. I mean, but Nick I, Nurse moved me more than Pat Bev. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. I'm so with you coaching, 100%. Yeah. But I think like they never needed a big-time move to really uplift this roster. It's just, is their number two star going to be a number two, and is their number one guy going to not have is a drop-off? I mean, what other contender are we really saying that? Like, what other contender in the NBA are we saying is the number one going to show up? We're definitely asking if number two is going to show up with the Celtics and Jalen Brown. Stop that. He's literally only hasn't shown up one playoff series. He still series. can't dribble with his what left about? hand. Okay, but that one playoff series. Have you seen the clip on social media just now? Can you stop? Have you seen the clip? I don't want to hear this. You, what do you think about that clip? That clip is fucking hilarious. You guys stop overanalyzing a fucking gym, just him dribbling with his right in line. I'm going to overanalyze it when in the playoffs, I seen him dribble with his left and lose the ball each time. And what happened the previous year when he was finals? He was arguably better than Clay. At least he's doing right. In the that finals, was, he was not in the in the, on the way to the finals. Tatum was uh, better. On the than way, him. they were they were kind of neck and neck. No, they were not. Stop the thing it. with Jalen Brown and what I've always given him praise for is that he's always been a model of consistency. One playoff series against the Miami Heat, where I, it's inexcusable, he did not play well. But one playoff series, he didn't play well in the finals, finals either. No, he played well in the finals. He actually played better than Tatum. Oh, I thought you were talking about Tatum. No, I'm, so I'm not talking about yeah, Tatum my, at my all. No, bad. Jalen Brown has been a model. Jason Tatum has not been consistent. Yeah, That's sorry. been his I one knock. But Jalen Brown has one playoff series, and we're automatically going to look to him being the concern. Uh, like If you're doing it for jokes because he can't dribble with his left hand, all right, I'm here no, for, he to ha-ha and, and, if it, and clown If it's around. against the Heat, I'm definitely concerned about Jalen Brown. <sighs> Why? Because did you see how the two, game played? How about for him? two years ago when Jalen Brown was honestly in contention for the Larry Bird Trophy? That's they how good they forced him to go left. That yeah, even that see, series though, they would force him to go left, and he still played well though. Yeah, hella turnovers. Where we were having he conversations of is he the is, he is Jason Tatum the real Larry Bird MVP? The thing about Jalen Brown is I feel like the finals performance that he had kind of inflates what people perceive him to be oh. when after Jaylen game when after game Jaylen. after game three when Draymond Green took the responsibility of guarding Jalen Brown Jalen Brown did not play well Jalen Brown splits after game three were not very good and Draymond has mentioned it on his podcast before yeah I just make him go left that I make him go left that's how I want him to beat me 
Jalen Brown, the Heat in 2022, put up 24, 7, and 2.5, 48, 43% from the three point line. He struggled from the, excuse me, yeah, he struggled from the free throw line, shot 70%, but putting up 24, 7 and shot 43% from three. That was two years ago. Listen, last year, I understand, but I'm not going to take one playoff series. I'm not going to take a seven-game sample and throw away the other 50 games of him in the playoffs playing at a very high level. He's an All-NBA second team. What's the issue year. with that? Y'all do it all the time for other players if they got a bad stinker playoff series. We talk with Kevin Durant. He got one playoff series, and we talk. He averaged 29 on good oh efficiency, Lord. and we talking about do we, we are, trust KD to show up? We talking about the I East. Mean, I, this Jalen Brown. Did that? I, I'm not saying nothing about KD. Do we trust KD? Wait, do we trust KD? I don't know. Uh, yeah, we do. You, you should trust KD. But what's what is the statement that everyone's making on KD? After the Celtics series, when they got eliminated in the first round, everybody— Where he's the worst that he ever looked. Yeah, everybody started doubting KD going into the playoffs. So they didn't win a game. That's what it was. He's, but still, like you should have won just, one. If a, if a player does not show up in the playoffs, when does that stop anybody from saying that going forward from that bad moment they are not all the way confident that they'll show up? Because Kevin Durant has a laundry list of big moments. No, I'm saying everybody should have trusted KD. I mean, I trust KD, uh-huh. even though versus the, the Nuggets, he wasn't that. Like efficient. I'm saying, if we're, if, if we're here for ha ha's and clowning around, we're talking about Jalen Brown's dribbling. I essentially equate that to the same thing with Kevin Durant. If he's going to struggle, it, that's basically what people are doing, trying to capitalize on that moment of Kevin Durant's downfall. With Jalen Brown, I really don't trust him against the Heat. Like after the Two Eastern Conference ago, Finals, was, I don't trust. He was him. amazing again, but he had. But when they forced him to really go left, and he had to do things. When Jason Tatum rolled his ankle in Game Seven, and Jalen Brown got the responsibility, not a one. he did not play well. Jalen Brown's not a one. He always wants to be a one. But he's, no, no. He's, listen, what Jalen Brown wants, and like, he's a great player. He just made All-NBA. All I hope that he could be a one. He's not. At least Julius Randle a one? And, he's an oh, All-NBA player. Julius Randle's not as good as Jalen Brown. He's not, but they're both made All-NBA. But you know, Julius Randle's not on. even a two, buddy. Julius Randle should have never Randall made All-NBA over Jalen Brunson. He should have I'm, I'm not sitting here just, but the well, position. That's position, yeah, yeah. You can't really. Now, that's position, but Julius Randle, to me, was not an All-NBA player last year. I don't care about the the award that you he won. You're telling me all 15 players on the All-NBA teams are number ones? There's not 15 ones in the league. There are more ones than not ones I that agree. make the All-NBA Jaylen team. Jalen Brown is not a one. Jalen Brown just finished averaging 27 in a regular season. I would hope that in the game, he at least would step up. He's a great scorer. In a bigger we, moment. No, he's not a great playmaker. We know he, like, he wasn't a great scorer in that game in Game 7. No, he wasn't. He was bad he all around. He, he had a bad series. I agree with you. When Jason Tatum went step down, Jalen Brown's supposed to step up. He got yeah, outplayed Miami, by Caleb Martin. This I Miami series was bad. It was, it was terrible. Bad. It was bad. Like, that is an all-time bad moment. And I'm not saying that Jalen Brown is this bad player, he but against the Heat specifically, he, I'm not trusting. He so, killed. He killed in the Atlanta series. He killed in the Sixers series. He was clearly not the same in Miami. So, yeah, our second-best player had his worst playoff performance since he's become this player, and we still went to seven games with the Heat and lost. Because, and who knows what happens if Tame doesn't roll his ankle. Correct. Maybe we win that game. So, Jason, excuse me, Jalen Brown at his absolute lowest we go to seven with Miami. To be fair, though. At his absolute, name, name the stats. You go to seven because Derek White played out of his mind. He had a game where that shit lost No, because Jason Tatum also went otherworldly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not Yai and Gosev because Jalen Brown. And Bam Adebayo and did Caleb not play Martin that great fucking from didn't miss. That's true also. Yeah, I played Jalen Brown. We are, we are talking about Boston versus Miami, though. So it's like. Mm-hmm. But this all originally stemmed from Dell's asked, which team in the East are you not 
trusting their second option. No, I said they're, this number, is about I said the they're one. I said they're one. You said they're second I said option. They're, I said they're one. He said how many ones are there? I said, no, no, no. Or My some, original said because Riv says, you know, you got to know, is MB going to show up? Because I didn't say number two because you would have got no, me No, you there. said number two because no, of James one. Harden. No, I and you one. didn't trust him. No, I said one. The whole conversation was ones. I said, yeah, exactly. Because I'm like, I know Giannis going to show up. I know Tatum might have a couple all games, but majority of the time he's going to show up. And B is not the same thing. Majority of the time he hasn't shown up in the playoffs. Joel Embiid, I think, if he's healthy, can show up in a playoffs. I agree. I'm with confident that. in that, and I think Joel Embiid. I, that's why, but that's why I didn't put the the Sixers in my contenders list because there are a lot of unknowns with them. What Dell said about like around the edges roster moves that the Sixers made, they made marginal ones, but I don't think the Sixers are a team that needed to make a splash move uh, yeah. because you have your stars. You just need them to show up. That's it. You need Joel Embiid to show up for the playoffs. You need James Harden to be consistent for an entire playoff run. Tyrese Maxey last year was their he, most consistent nah, player, and I think he's an all-star caliber player. The Sixers got three all-stars, but the questions around them are, will they show up? But if you believe in Nick Nurse that much, then you should count on the Sixers showing up because Nick Nurse went to Toronto, and first year there, they won a championship, and they had a lot of depth. I look at the Sixers team. They got a star. They got a second star. You could even say they got a third star in Maxi, and they got a lot of depth. Off the bench, Patrick Beverly and DeAnthony Melton. Those are two high-powered defensive guards that so, I think can make other, other teams have trouble in the East when they guard them. P.J. Tucker is also a great defender. The Sixers, to me, have the roster to compete. It's just, the like Riff said, the internal stuff about them, just their makeup. Will they show up? They're their attitude towards these big moments. With James Harden, I think to this point, you can already say that we've given up the hope that James Harden will uh, show up in the playoffs. But Joel Embiid, because the injuries have really brought him down in the playoffs, I still have hope that Embiid can if he's healthy. I have difficulty with the James Harden not being able to show up for the fact of two games against the Celtics, he backpacked and was the main reason why they were able to win those games. So we know when James Harden's at his best, he's still capable of beating the top teams in the league. It's just a matter of consistency with James Harden, and that's why it makes me upset. Uh, but just go... You're out here? Yes, I don't want to No, that's off. fine. That's fine. You have to move. <laughs> I know. Yes. Obviously. Bye, Dos. Peace out, Dos. Hurry up, man. We're in a show and shit. Everybody say bye to Dels. Bye, Dels. Bro, put on his Tatum shirt. I had to, I had to. No ring. <laughs> Drew was just shaking his ass in front of Dell. I seen it. Uh. Back, lock back in, fellas. James Harden, inconsistent. You made a fair point about James Harden showing up, and I argued that on one of these last episodes that James Harden showed up in those two games. They just needed him beat to show mm -hmm. up. But those moments that James Harden doesn't show up are, are they happen too often, and they're like terrible games, not yeah. just like mid tier games, which is something you can live with, it, especially if your number two is not at a hundred. Joel Embiid should be able to to shoulder that responsibility, but he was playing so horrendously bad that it was it was pretty difficult for them to overcome. Not closing out that series against the Celtics could hurt them in the long long run, especially if Harden's not going to be with the team. But they showed, at the minimum, they are a game away from beating the top team in the East. And now that Dame's on Milwaukee, now conversations shift. Uh, but I, I 
feel pretty firmly Celtics got better with Drew Holiday and Christos Porzingis. They go from Malcolm Brogdon, sixth man of the year, you do have to respect that. But Malcolm Brogdon, who has been pretty injury-prone, is nowhere near the defense of Drew Holiday. You go from Malcolm to Drew. And then you go from Rob Will, who is a solid defender, injury-prone, similar to Christos Porzingis, but you're going from Rob Will to Christos Porzingis. In my opinion, at both positions, they got better. I agree. I just think their best six versus Miami's best six, it's a gap talent-wise. But you in, go with Celtics. Yeah, Celtics. But they in terms four of all-stars. But in terms of IQ, the coaching, like their makeup, I don't know if I can comfortably say they'll just outright destroy Miami. You know what I'm saying? I'm with you. I, I think it's still like Drew Holiday is an upgrade, but he still has his deficiencies. You know, same thing with Porzingis. So it's like Miami getting a star would have been great, you know. And like you mentioned, Tyler Hero at this point, you know, he's an addition by subtraction. You don't know what type of Tyler Hero you're gonna get offensively. You know, he can be a good scorer, but defensively. But they've shown that they can mask some defense, de- defensive deficiencies with a couple guys because Bam is just that great. Jimmy Butler as a help side defender is that great. Spo is just that great at understanding matchups and schematics and all that good stuff. So if you have that, you know, it's just tough for me to keep them out of there. I do think they're still, they can beat any team in the playoff playing thing. Mm-hmm. I think they match up well with Boston. I don't think, I don't want to say they don't match up with the Bucs because I think you're saying Miami. Yeah, getting Dame is a, a big boost. And they don't they still like putting Jimmy on Dame is kind of keeping him off that help side defense. But I, I still have him in my contenders, you know. That's my four contenders. I'll go Bucks, Boston, Miami, and then Philly. I think those are my four. Do you want to run through your playoff playing teams while you're at it too? Yeah, I got um Yeah, I got what I how many got? One, two, three, four. Yeah, I got a good I got a good amount. So I got um Cavs, Knicks. I think those are the comfortable best teams in the playoff playing team. You know, I think Cavs, like you mentioned it, I think in the regular season, they can win more games than any of those four teams in the contender list. I think they can win a good amount of game. They, their makeup is built for the regular season to win hella games. It's just in the playoffs. Will they figure out that 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 three spot? Will they figure out that defense? Will Mobley and Allen be able to, to be more aggressive on the defensive end down low? Will they be able to fix the spacing? You know, they did bring in Max. They did bring in Niang. But how many minutes are they going to get in the playoff series is big. And then that three spot is still... Crazy. The Knicks, they didn't make too many moves. They didn't have many moves to Your make in the offseason. Off no, not like star moves. Of course, you know, they brought, know you they mean. brought in pretty much the same roster. Dante's a good addition. They have a lot of guards, though. I think um, the Knicks, another team that could shake shit up in the East, win a first-round uh, matchup that they shouldn't win. So I got them at the top of the playoff playing. Bulls, for me, you know, like another team. They're bringing in the same guys for the most part, got marginally better in their offseason, you know. I do think this team could maybe sneak in a 6-7 seed, but I think they're one of the best teams in the play-in. Same, you hear you? The issue is, you know I, I fuck with the Bulls. I really do. I love Levine. I love Lonzo. I love Caruso. This team isn't it. It does not have direction. Did I say they were nice? You said they could be a 6-7. I think that's strong. I meant 7-8. I'm so sorry. I apologize. Mickey Mouse. I'm so sorry. Bless you. Are they not a playing team? They were a playing team last they year. They were a playing team last year. Just just squeaked by at nine. They beat Toronto. They well, they had a lead against the Heat. Choked against Miami. They choked it pretty badly. And and Zach Levine masterclass against Toronto. Star players get paid. He's to him. Go. He's I him. Mean, I don't understand this, Drew, because if, if you are so high on Zach Levine, which you are. I love him. You should think that they're around where Riff thinks they are. I think that they are. He's seven, eight. If he's going to say seven eight and adjust his line, six seven seven eight. What's the six, difference? Six is your locked. 
Let's not get into this. I didn't say they were locked. No, but six means you're locked. Okay, let me rephrase. Bucks, Boston, Philly, Miami, Cavs, Knicks are locked. Mm-hmm. Does that help? Okay, I'm fine I with that. If you're going to go crazy. Now, we haven't even jump. mentioned Atlanta. Atlanta's not a lock. They got into a I only spot. say this because Atlanta was one of the top offenses last season. For sure. Quinn Snyder came in, changed the aura in the building, mm-hmm. for sure. Defensively, they probably need to, to lock in on that side. A.J. Griffin, in his second year, he's looking to get more minutes. At least he should, in my opinion, very efficient in his limited opportunity last season. Onyeka did not get as much playing time as he should have because of Clint Capella. He's still there. But I understand that. But both of them still, that that is great depth at the big position. Trey Young continues to be one of the better offensive engines in basketball. DeJounte Murray, another year together. Hopefully they can have some some consistency there. DeAndre Hunter, hopefully he can stay healthy. Sadiq Bey, no longer John Collins in the building. Sadiq most likely will play the four. This is a solid unit. And la- last yeah, this season, is nuts. Yeah, last, this is like the Bulls, but, honestly. But they, but they Literally. I disagree with that because last season, they gave the Celtics a very good series. And... Really, we all counted Atlanta out coming into that series. We thought that the Celtics would easily breeze by them. They made it very difficult on them. And and that's even still with Jalen Brown giving them one of the most efficient series, that probably the most efficient series that he had all playoffs last year. This team's no slouch. And I think that we overlooked them because of their their playoff run and their playoff history. But this this still is a talented bunch. I have them pretty cleanly and pretty comfortably over the Bulls. The same, this, they, both teams were in the play, by the way. The, the Hawks, they had a great series against the Celtics. Do we not take away points in that series, given the fact that the Celtics let the Sixers take them to seven with Embiid missing games? They they went down 0-3 to the Heat. I don't think the Celtics were a great playoff well, team. Atlanta was the first to initiate the Celtics being on fraud watch. It, the Celtics coasted on talent the entire playoffs. Agreed. They didn't have any sound, great game plan. And, and I Trae think Young against Trey Young, you need otherworldly against the Celtics. The, my only pushback is the Bulls were the bottom bottom team in three point shooting, three point attempts. You bring in Torrey Craig, you bring in Javon Carter, good additions for the three point shot. They were an elite defense in after January. Like they made marginal. Like they, they're not. I'm not saying these moves is gonna put them in the. 450 no but mm-hmm. i don't think there's a gap between chicago atlanta even indiana like i don't think there's a this insane gap with either three teams mm-hmm. i think these teams are around the same ballpark like mid teams that could be good on any given night you know could cause some headaches in the playing but i like i think you know you still need an initiator yeah for sure they, they don't have a, they have a they have a point guard issue but atlanta the problem with atlanta is they like, Clint Capella's cool, but he's not the rim protector he used to be. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, a lot of their wings, DeAndre Hunter's banged up, and they don't have a real, a real great defense. is still a solid rim protector. good. He can hit the mid-range, mm-hmm. no good defender. They don't have a real legit defense. So I think I offensively they can put up points, but defensively they're an issue. But let me finish my list. Go ahead. So I got Bulls, Hawks, Pacers. I do think Charlotte can be a playing team, so I had them in here. Mm-hmm. I do think Orlando, this is the year they can be a playing team. And if Toronto doesn't blow it up, I still think they'll be a playing team. You know, I still think they'll have the makeup of a playing team. They'll, you know, try hard all year. If they don't blow it up, they uh, which I do think they should blow it up, they'll probably be a lottery team. But those are my playoff playing teams. There's a lot of teams that should blow it up in the East. Well, I don't. I don't disagree. Look at the Eastern Conference. You went. You went down your list, correct? I didn't. I only, okay. I actually haven't gone over anything. All right, cool. I uh, just got involved in the conversation. So my contender: Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Heat. We already went over that. Uh, playoff and playing teams. I do have the Knicks. I have the Cavs. I have Atlanta. 
Indiana, the Magic, the Hornets, the Bulls. And honestly, I'm in between on the Raptors just because I just don't love the direction of this squad. But I am paying that them that respect. Did go 500 last season. So I, I have them as my last team in this playoff play-in tier. I Me don't too. I don't have the Nets. I don't think I don't the think Nets are. I don't think so either. Uh, I like some of the players on their team, of course. Mikael Bridges really ascended with his time in Brooklyn. I'm a, a big Cam Johnson fan. The rest of this team, whether you believe... You okay? He didn't mention Claxton. I, can oh, I, I didn't even cook yet. <laughs> you have, of course, Claxton, who was the one of the breakout defensive stars last season, who really did not get talked about as much as he should have post-KD Kyrie trade. This guy, man, I, I'm he in the mentioned McKeldin, Cam Johnson. Because I'm, I'm it sound like he was going to mention Claxton. I'm a Cam Honestly, Johnson no. guy. You guys slept on you, which oh, yeah. I was going to get to Ben Simmons. I didn't think he was going to mention Claxton. Respect me, for the love of God. I'm, I'm in the middle of cooking a meal. You you don't stop a chef. The meal was mid, taking mid too cook. long. You know, cook. you better mention some Dariq of the Whitehead. some of the best meal. Really, come on, man. Jersey, uh, Dariq, I don't think is this year though. Jersey, respect. No, of course, legend. Uh, and Clowney as well, who they drafted with their will be in the G their back to back. Both of them might be in the G League. Yeah. Dariq, maybe for the fact that maybe they need some help guard play, uh, guard play wise. But uh, so yeah, Ben Simmons. Whether you're in or out, apparently this is the most healthy that he's been. Are you in? I feel like at this point I have to be. You know, <laughs> we're here until the wheels fall off. Uh, Simmons. But that just goes to show you just the the makeup of this team. You just don't know what it's going to be right now. Jock Vaughn. I, I I still think that he's a solid head coach. He's going to bring out the a lot in these guys. But I just think the talent is underwhelming. This isn't their year, and honestly, I think they need to put themselves in better position uh, to succeed in the future. And even still, where Mikel can be as great as he wants to be post-trade deadline, this team was not a 500 unit. So They were a bottom six uh, offense. They're not a good offense at all. Spencer Dimwitty's going to probably be leading the, the offense there. Oh, God. Not great. Cam Thomas. Not great. Cam Thomas is another one. I don't think he contributes to winning basketball. I think he's a talented guy. He can score a lot of points Senator for sure. Washington. He's nice. He, Hello. He's, we got, he's a, we got he's a bucket feet, getter, but again, it's not leading. And the two games that he scored 40 points, they did not win. It was close games, though. They were. It was close yeah. games, but How it many did. Assists did he and have? they were exciting, too. I think he had no assists, actually. If you could let me know. I, I'll look it up. Um, but... It's it's just a, a a a weird collection of talent that is not overwhelming and not a unit where we, I believe in the Magic more the Hornets who showed back to back seasons outside of this past one in Lamelo's rookie season in his sophomore year with with the young talent like I already mentioned they can be the tenth spot in the play-in. You get Miles Bridges back. Uh, you have Mark Williams who now is coming into his sophomore year was excellent. As a rookie defensively, that he was one of the main reasons why towards the end of the season they were one of the better defensive units coming into this year. Uh, it's it is dependent on Lamelo's health, where it's he struggled with that so far into his young career. If he's on the court, this is a playing team in my opinion. Uh, but the Magic, who, who we we haven't gone too in depth on, uh, Jed Howard adds to their three point shooting need. You bring in Joe Ingles adds to their three point shooting need. It, it's also dependent on. What are we going to get from Jalen Suggs at this point going into, what is it now, year three? Eric Bledsoe. He's been pretty disappointing. He shot 36% towards the end of the year. He did. No, he he really did shine he's towards been, the end of been, the year. He's um, been in practice with the starters. Deservedly so. I, I mean, I think that. Deservedly. I think, I think <laughs> with how young the roster is, and he is at this point, what is he? Year the, three. Same as Wagner, correct? 
the longest no. tenured Magic. Yeah, they oh, both yeah, got drafted in the same draft. Uh, the longest tenured Magic Markel? right now no. is it Markel? No, might because be, Wendell, uh, Wendell, and I think Wendell and Markel, or Wendell was Jonathan. in the same. Jonathan Isaac looks Shit, like he man. Might be Jonathan he, Isaac. I don't know if Jonathan Isaac is going to get that much burn. He probably should. He probably should because there's a there's a need for depth at the big position for them, but. I think the ceiling for the Magic is a play-in team. I don't see, but a play-in, but like that, that eight, nine, ten. Mm-hmm. I I don't think that this is their year yet. I believe in the breakout of Franz. I believe Paolo is going to be one of the better young players in this league for years to come. Uh, he's going to be one of the better players, period, in this league to come. Obviously, having a historic rookie season did cool off down the stretch. But this is a talented group of guys that I think are just a year two away from really being a solid team in the East. So Cam Thomas had a three-game stretch where he had 44 points, 47 points, and 43 points. His assists in those games were five assists, four assists, and five assists. Not terrible. They won one against Washington. They lost against the Clippers by eight, and they lost against the Suns by four. Two good teams, but did Kawhi play in those? I think Kawhi did. I'm pretty sure. Impressive performance. And, and against Phoenix, it was against Mikel. And Mikel was guarding him that game and was like, yeah, he's, like, really nice. He, Mikel said that um, when he was facing Cam Thomas and Cam Thomas had the 40 ball, that he thought that he was just getting lucky with his shots because, you know, Cam Thomas takes wild shots. Then when Mikel got to Brooklyn, he was like, oh, no, like, he actually practices these shots and he can hit them consistently. I think Cam Thomas is a good player. He just hasn't been able to find a fit on the nets. But I think... He's one of the younger players on the roster. You might as well give him a shot. You think he's Tyler Hero light? I can see it. You know, not the playmaking, uh, playmaking Tyler Hero or the ball handling abilities, but the tough shot making. I mean, at some point you have to try to add juice to the offense. And Cam Thomas, I, I don't think if you score forty points in in three straight games, that's a fluke. I think you can definitely no, be a, sure. a prime he's a, scorer. He's a bucket getter. That is undeniable. It's it's really just in terms of excuse me his playmaking or the lack thereof, uh, how much is he going to contribute on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, and so it, it's it's just hard to to judge him when you're not seeing him on a consistent basis. But if you had to choose, you have you have to choose two of the three: the Magic, the Hornets, and the Nets. Which two are you choosing? I was going to choose. Damn, because I, I I think the the noise around Charlotte has been the vets have been big for them. Hayward, Terry Rozier, you know, I've been a uh, reading up a lot of stuff about the Charlotte offseason. And, um, you know, the energy is good at training camp, you know. And they got a lot. Like, we can't – like, Charlotte's a talented team in the East. You know, it's they have a lot of good players. They haven't really aced any draft outside of LaMelo. But Mark Williams was a good pick. You know, they got that one right. But in terms of, like, Bryce McGowan, JT Thor, you know, James Buckley, they haven't been able to get those right. But in terms of the players that will play, you know, Cody Martin – Mark Williams, LaMelo, Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington's Brandon. a good guy. He's a jack of all trades. He can do everything. Brandon Miller's going to get some time. Like, they have a good enough team to where they can definitely make a push. In terms of Orlando, you know, they were on that trend last year towards the back end of the year. Mm-hmm. So this year, you know, Wagner bringing in that overseas uh, confidence. Boncaro also. You got Mar- Markel Fultz who's trying to prove something this year for sure. You had a good draft. I'd probably lean Orlando, and I'm not happy to say because I like Charlotte as a team, but I think both teams could be better than Bro- – I really don't think Brooklyn But you get to could. get two, two. So you're taking so the Hornets Charlotte. and I'm the I'm going to take the exciting young teams. I don't, like, I don't think Brooklyn is good. I think, you know, Mikel breakout, he's probably going to average 22, 23 points a game, but in terms of how this team generates offense in a half-court set, it would probably be bottom of the league. 
you know, in terms of defensively, I think they'll be a good to great defensive unit. I think they have the defensive guys, Cam, Bridges, Nick Claxton running the middle. Ben yep. Simmons, if he's healthy, he'll probably be a good defender. But the spacing is off. The, the ball handlers is not there. You know, the playmakers is pretty much non-existent. Like, this team, I just, like, I don't like this team at all. And I think, like you mentioned, they have a lot of guys they can move out for some trade at, like, get a lot of picks. But I don't think they do it. I think they're waiting for a star to be active. If a star was here, this would be a legit, really good team. But I'm not, I'm not in love with this team. They're actually in my lottery spot. They are in my lottery spot as well. To me, I don't agree with that. I think the Nets are the safest team amongst those three that you mentioned. Or amongst oh, the other safest, two. probably, they're, yeah. They're, they're the safest team to where they're not going to be an exciting East team, but they're not going to be a bottom-dweller lottery team either. Mikel Bridges came into this team and averaged 26. Cam Johnson averaged 16. You know their record when the, he was doing that? But that was due to necessity. Necessity? No, Miles dropping 26. I'm not saying Mikhail. that's... I apologize. Excuse me. Mikel dropping 26. Can you give me the record? Because I don't know off the top They were 13 and 15 after the trade deadline. But then we saw them against the Sixers in the first round, and they were they were good. But they got swept. It was a pretty were, easy series, actually. Yeah, they played them great defensively. That was a close oh, series. Yeah, it, it was a close series. It wasn't like the Sixers just blew them out the water. You said 13 and what? 13 and 15 post-trade deadline. 13 and 15 is about a 500 record. That's about like, you know, you'll end the season at 40 and 42. So for me, the Nets have a safe floor where they're not a lottery team, but they're not an exciting playoff team. Mikel Bridges dropped 26. Cam Johnson can drop 16 to 18. Nick Claxton is one of the best defenders in the league. He he should have been an all-defensive player. He got snubbed from it. Was it was a bad snub. But after KD and Kyrie left, nobody paid attention to him. And even though Spencer Dinwiddie and Ben Simmons don't move me in the starting lineup, I look at the bench, Dennis Smith Jr. they got from Charlotte, who last year was one of the best defenders at the Correct. point guard position. Correct. Cam Thomas should get more minutes and should bring a spark off the bench. And then you have Royce O'Neal and Finney Smith off the bench. So to me, the Nets have a good collection of players where, to Riff's point, if they were to get a star like a Dame, you know, if Dame went to the Nets, I'm looking at the Nets like an, a really exciting Eastern Conference team. I don't know what the ceiling of that team is, but they would be really exciting. They have all the pieces there where I feel like the Magic – you are banking on the younger pieces developing faster than you expect. I expect Franz to take a leap. I expect Paula to take a leap. But what about the players surrounding them? I think Markel is good. He's nothing great. Anthony Black is a rookie. Wendell Carter's good. good. Markel, Markel had one good. of his best seasons last year. But the Magic, yeah, but he's good. He's not great. You know, I'd say he's a solid player. But a but good point guard. Between Markel and Spencer Dinwiddie, who's a better player? I think well, Markel it's, it's is a, a better playmaker. Correct. He's a better playmaker, By but far. as a player, it's Actually, a toss-up. I would even, if Markel was with Brooklyn, they would probably be better than with St- Dinwiddie because he has shooters around him. Not a bad he statement can, at he all. He can play make better than and that's the issue with the magic they don't have shooting but you go and you bring in a joe ingles jed howard's supposed to be that three-point shooting not great not great players to to add and really move the needle for you but at least they address that need you just mentioned the biggest weakness with the magic the biggest weakness with them is that they don't have shooting correct and in the modern nba you have to have shooting where the nets yeah you know this roster is they don't look awesome on paper talent wise but they have shooting that's at least something going for them and with the hornets it's just the health of LaMelo Ball. That's Fair. really what it comes down to. If LaMelo is healthy the entire season, I think the Hornets will be a playing team. Mm-hmm. LaMelo, Rozier, Miles Bridges, those are three really great players. I don't agree with Miles Bridges and what he does as a person. I don't like him as a person. But just as a basketball player, 
He is somebody that's going to average 20 points and in transition, LaMelo with Bridges, with Brandon Miller spacing out the floor. I mean, that is a really exciting team. And Mark Williams, who last year defensively was awesome. So if I were to go two of the three, I'm going with the Nets and I'm going with the Hornets and the Magic are my odd man out. I just feel like the Magic, they still need to make moves around Franz and Paolo Mm -hmm. in terms of bringing in shooting. Anthony Black, I love the pick, but... In terms of a fit around those two players, was it the perfect pick? It was not, but he was the best available player on the board. Right now, the Magic need to hone in on shooting before I can expect a leap from them. The hope is that Jalen continues to improve. Like Riv mentioned, Jalen Suggs quietly shot 36% from three towards that back half of the season. I think your computer charger is the same as mine. It is. Um, And with Anthony Black... It allows you the the leeway if you're the Magic to move on from a Markel Fultz because ascent, they, where Anthony Black does not have the 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 body type and he's not as as strong as Markel. He they play relatively similar. Not great shooters. Are great facilitators of the of the of the the basketball. Obviously can initiate an offense. Solid defenders as well. And Anthony Black's three point shooting was bad, but I don't think he's a bad three point shooter. I say bad percentage wise. What was it? Thirty percent from three last season good. in college. But again, wasn't surrounded by great spacing either. And I think now going into the NBA, it'll be a lot easier for him to to find space and inevitably will become the the Orlando Magic starting point guard. But I say that Jalen Suggs should deservedly be in the starting lineup because it's either him or Gary Harris. And it should I, be Gary Harris. I don't know. Jalen Suggs as Harris. a defender, he's still a great defender. Yeah, he's a good defender. Though. If Suggs if Suggs improves the three point shot dramatically, uh, yeah, one hundred percent him. But if he doesn't, I think Gary Harris for the spacing. And that's the thing with Markel Fultz and Anthony Black is like you, you just mentioned it. Markel Fultz played good. Also, I want to mention when Dinwiddie got traded to the Nets, he averaged nine assists per game. He did. He he was one of the better playmakers in the league. So that's why I don't want to get into the Markel versus Dinwiddie debate. I think they're in a similar tier of players. Markel Fultz. He is a better player than Anthony Black right now, but since you drafted Anthony Black, you need to give him minutes. I think he Anthony Black will come off the bench, mm-hmm. but it's Markel Fultz. I don't think he's going to be this trade chip for them. So when I look at their starting lineup, it's Markel, it's Suggs or Gary Harris. Let's just say it's Suggs, Paolo, Franz, and Wendell. The space is just really wonky. It's going to have to be carried by Paolo and Franz, this offense, which it can, but that's why, to me, the... Right now, I'm kind of just banking on what I've seen and just skill position players that the Nets already have versus the think, magic and a leap that I am expecting. You 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 trust Mikel putting up 26 over a Boncaro leap? I think Mikel is a 25 point per game score on the Nets. Yeah, I, I, I Mikel season. Yeah, I think Mikel for the season. If it's not 25, he's averaging 23 plus. I, I think Mikel is that player. I, I really? do. Yes, I do. I do. I think Paolo, the tape is out, but how Mikel got his offense wasn't reliant on being ball dominant and heliocentric. Mikel got his offense on a lot of off ball actions on screens, on dribble handoffs. He's a great scorer without the ball. And I think this off season players train for the role they're going to have. So Mikel training last off season for the Suns was I know I'm going to be a spot-up shooter. I know I'm going to be a role player. This is how I'm going to play. Where I think this offseason, Mikel is probably working on more ISO moves. He's working on his ball handling more. He's working on creating a shot more. And adding that 
to the arsenal that he has already off ball, I think will make him a better player. I think Mikel is a 24 plus point per game score. And if he doesn't average that, I, I'd be surprised. I think he's that. He was nine in the 95th percentile once joining Brooklyn in terms of usage at 28.8%. Uh, in terms of points per shot attempt, 78th percentile, 121.9. He was pretty great. Did not pass the ball a ton, but that's not his job. Mm-hmm. And he held on to the ball. And even then, he, he's somebody that will create very minimally, but it won't be nothing groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, an open man or a cut, you know, he'll make a pass. I, I think Mikel is a great player. Like, even when he was in Phoenix, I thought he was going to take a leap. And because in Phoenix, he had a stretch of like 15 games without Devin Booker, mm-hmm. where he was averaging 20 consistently. And I thought once he got to the Nets, he'll be that. I thought he'd go to the Nets and be like a 20, 21 flat score. Mm-hmm. I didn't see 26. But you watch Mikel, and it's like, it's it's not, I don't think it's fake. I don't think it's fake. Well, I think was it's at real. 20 as a rookie. The efficiency yeah. from Mikhail once joining the Nets, is that sustainable? The defense dropped off. Which is understandable. You, when you're it? exerting that much, was, it, was he shooting almost 40? It I'm was 47, 37 from the free throw line? 89 from the free throw line? I think it was something like that. Oh, yeah, he shot it. 48% from the field and 38% from three. So good. First career, he's a 38% mm-hmm. three-point shooter. I think the efficiency will maintain. Okay. It's just really the shot attempts that increased for him. and Which made sense. Yeah, and then he, you know, got better. And Cam Johnson, too. Like, the Nets just have that kind of foundation. And like, their number two score is Cam Johnson. Yeah, I know. that That's worrisome. But I don't think their offense is what's going to lead them to victories. I think their defense is what's going to lead them to victories. Need offense, baby. You do, but... Especially listen, in the regular season. I don't think the Magic are going to be, uh, are going to be a top offense. If the, if the Magic make it no. to the playoffs, it's off but their I defense. But I think they have a guy that can get you a bucket at the end of a game. That's what you're going to need. Mikel can too, though. No, no, no. I mean, like, in isolation and stuff like that. Mikel's done it. He Didn't he drop, like, 40 or 50 against the Celtics in a comeback win? We'll come back when. Mikel. Towards the back end of the season yeah, last yeah. year. He oh, dropped yeah. like 40, 50 on the Celtics. No, he tweaked that game. Yeah, no, that game, he was ridiculous. I think, but I think um Boncaro, he just has the skill set and the makeup of a number one guy. He does. And I think it, his breakout could happen sooner than most people. You know, and and Wagner, we're kind of we I guess we can expect one now. This is year three. So I guess, guess Wagner mini think, broke out last year. Yeah, season. so we can expect a bit of a breakout. And once again, they they have a now they have a consistent point guard that can put them in the spots, you know, with Markel Fultz, as long as he's healthy. You know, the shooting is obviously a concern where Brooklyn doesn't have that concern, but where Brooklyn has a concern in the playmaking and in the creating and isolation, I don't think Orlando will have that concern. So they're two obviously different teams. I think both will be good defensively. I think Brooklyn can teeter on great defensively. Claxton. And and that's yeah. why I'm really high on the Nets. I love Nick Claxton. Last year, he broke out defensively. I think this year you can have a better year defensively. He is really one of those anchors on defense that I wish was on a contender right now because he'd make them dangerous. Like, if he was on the Suns right now, my God. How much yeah, more do they need? Shocker. If he How was much on more do they need? Like, if Claxton was on, if you would have said, like, the Mavericks, if Claxton was on Miami. All those, all those teams. Mavericks, yeah. You should have said the Mavericks. No, hit, you picking the, yo, the, the team of three all stars. Yeah, no, that was crazy. crazy. That was I wanna, crazy. I want to reunite him with Kevin Durant. Of Don't course. do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bam and him on the same team would be awesome ah. basketball. Think I mean, about the, the I'm gonna versatility. I'm going to be honest. Even a team could, like the Hawks, they'd get significantly better. With I don't disagree yeah, at sure, all. For sure, for sure. So who's your lottery team? I, all I have is three. I, I have, have three. The Nets, the Pistons, and the Wizards. I'm with you. Nets, Pistons, Wizards. Um, Detroit just has too many question marks. I can see... I can see the Hornets and the Magic fall. Excuse me. The Hornets, if they because of the injury, that's what concerns me. Yeah. 
Uh, Magic, I feel like they're really on that cusp of being a playing team. It's just a matter of the breakouts I'm projecting. So I believe that they could be a playing. Another team that could be in this conversation is the Raptors. Yeah. But that's dependent on if they do decide to blow it up. Uh, what's going to happen? You, you're not going to have uh, Fred Van Vliet into this offense. Who's going to be that initiator of the offense? I, I believe Scotty's that it will be. Exactly. I think that that's what they drafted Scotty to inevitably do. We saw it a little bit last season, but too inconsistently. But when he has the ball in his hands, he can be effective. But he was just too inconsistent last year to trust that going, going into the season. But I believe in the talent of Scotty Barnes. I don't know what's going to happen with Pascal Siakam. They're pretty insistent. They're not. It sounds as if Musai is not leaning towards signing him. There haven't been much conversations going on there. Uh, but this team was already shaky last year. Uh, you lose Fred. Uh, you do gain Dennis Schroeder. It, it's just it's too worrisome for me. Nick Nurse no longer in the building. New coaching. This is a fringe lottery team, and they were one last year. But this one is is worrisome for me personally. I agree with you and what you said about the Raptors. I think it's just the it's an unknown with their coach right now and, and what they're gonna get. I think that's the biggest thing. So I'm actually looking at Mikel's, I'm wondering who. What are you looking up? I'm looking at Mikel's, um game log because um, I wanted to check out the Boston game versus the versus Boston. He 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 had 38. He had a game where they faced Orlando. It was one of the last games of the season. They lost. He had, bless you. He had 44 points, five rebounds, and six assists. And, and to also piggyback off your point of it's not a lot of isolation, uh, he's, how often uh, assisted rate is goes off of how often the player assisted on all of their shot was was assisted on all their shots made. He was in the 83rd percentile. 55% yeah. of his buckets were assisted on. For sure. I, I mean, really, the... the, the then we was doing a good job. I take more into a player being able to score when it's not just dribble, 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 uh, get to the bucket, oh, mm-hmm. take you in the post. Uh, if you can really work within a team a team setting offensively and not be so isolation based. It allows me that to, it allows me to believe that you can work in a system and be successful consistently. But yeah, Mikel always had that in him though, to yeah. be a work in within a system. Cause he You're came right. in, that was the sun came in like that, do you know, a role, a role. even in role. Villanova, he was kind of like Facts. in that role. So, you know, he always had that in him. It's just, what do they want him to be going forward? You know, did they want him to propel into a number two guy? Did they want him to be the number one he guy? Gotta be the number one. Yeah. Or, or yeah. The, well, like, cause I think, being the number one is fine because by necessity, like you mentioned earlier, because he kind of has to be mm-hmm. the best player in the team. But if you're gearing for a star, do you want him to set him up to be a number one? Or do you want to just, no, nah, we're going to kind of play you like too. a number two. Mm-hmm. So for when that number one comes, you're, it won't be no confusion. You'll seamlessly keep up in your I role. I see what you're saying because that's essentially how they're playing him right now, where it's not ball is consistently in your hand. Mm-hmm. He, we give you the ball. You need to make everything happen. That's not how they're playing him. He went on a stretch like to end the season where he had 32, 20, 32 against Cleveland, 27 against Miami, 44 against Orlando, 27 against Houston, 42 against Atlanta, and 30 against Utah. And in the, playoffs, in the playoffs, he averaged 23 against Philly. The field goal percentage was down to 43%, but he shot 40% from, from three. So I wrote down all the win totals that are expected from Vegas for uh, I like this. these Eastern Conference tiers teams. I already see where this is Because going. we have three topics on this show total. It's our tiers list. Then we're going to talk about breakout players in the East. Then we're going to give our final East standings predictions. 
So right now, we're just going to go through these win totals, and I just want to get your guys' gauge on whether or not you think this team will go over or under these win totals. So Celtics and Bucks both at 54 and a half. Theoretically, these should be the two best teams in the league. Or excuse me, two best teams in their conference. And honestly, should be in competition for, for best team in the league. 54 and a half. I'm just going to assume over. They both went over last year. Right? You'd have to assume that that would be over I'd there. go over for both of them. They both got better. I would too. Give me one second. I, I want to pull up the, the win totals for, for last season also. So Milwaukee I get, had 58, Boston had 57. Yeah, this should be over. The next team, I, I wrote these down in order, so I'm going to name them order. Mm-hmm. Cavaliers at 50 and a half wins. I think that's a steal. I think they'll win about 54, 55 games. And Cavaliers that we did not go too in depth on, maybe we'll go more in depth when we talk about We could about go in depth standings. on them here. We, okay, know? perfect. Um, the Cavaliers bringing in Max Struess and George's Niang when they have a need at wing, I think that that was an excellent move. And you talk about a team that desperately needed something and, and addressing it in the offseason. The Cavaliers did exactly that. And you expect that Mitchell and, and Garland together are going to continue to be one of the better offensive uh, backcourts that we have in the association. You have Jared Allen. You have Mobley. I'm not even going to rely on a Mobley offensive breakout this season. Just taking him at face value what he is. Arguably the best defensive player in the game, right? So if that's the case, and Jared Allen also being one of the better defenders in the front court, having... The two, arguably the best, uh, excuse me, the best, uh, I can't speak, the best front court defensively. They had the best defensive rating last season. It should carry over. They just needed some shooting on the wings, and they got exactly that. So I'm with Riv. I think this is an easy over also. They won 51 games last year. Correct. So they they went over this, and you mentioned they got better. Even without Mobley breaking out, they were able to win 51. As long as they stay healthy, I think what Riv said is, is facts. They're a perfect regular season team. For them, it's really about the playoffs and what they're going to get there. And I think that's the issue. I, I, I like their offseason for the regular season. My questions for them come more playoff time. You know, I think they made moves for the regular season, which is fine. You have to. They Mobley, like you mentioned, they don't need a typically they, – they need it for the playoffs. But in terms of just the regular season, because we're speaking of the regular season right now, let me stop talking about the playoffs. They don't need Mobley to break out to have 50 wins. They Agreed. don't. Garland and Mitchell are more than enough skill-wise for them to knock off 52, 53 wins. And I think with Mitchell, you know, he's going to have another All-NBA season. I think Garland, you could see him jump up in points and assists. For him, for Garland, it's not necessarily about skill. It's more about physique, putting on more muscle, you know, just being more aggressive, being more savvy in his passing, uh, less of the bad decision-making. You know, it's not really skill. It's more just the mindset and continuing to get better. So I think this team, Cleveland, is the clear makeup for a team that could win 55 games in a regular season because they just have that type of team. Fourth right now is the Sixers at 48-and-a-half wins. Last year they had 54. 48-and-a-half, they're taking into account the idea that James Harden most likely won't be on this And if team. he is, I hammer this. If he, is on, no, if he is no, on, no, over. If he's, if he's on, the, I they agree will win that. fifty games for they, sure. Like Philly is a whatever happens in the playoffs happens, but in terms of the regular season with Embiid, they win a lot of games. And James Harden, yeah, they they win a ton of games. They so, could be in contention for the number one seed if James Harden's there. They, they I wouldn't be surprised yeah. they would get the number one seed. It's just in the regular. That's season. a fact. They have that type of ability. They were only four games off the number one seed, and they had injuries to Embiid mm-hmm. and and Harden throughout the regular season, and Maxi. Yeah, this is one that. Yeah, Maxie came into the season injured. Yeah. 
I think Vegas is underrating Philly a little bit because of the Harden, Harden situation. Yeah. And Harden might get traded. We don't know. But as of right now, he has come to practice. I saw a video of him running stairs after practice. And, and we mentioned Philly a lot earlier in the show, but I really love the moves they brought in for depth. Like, if you trust their two stars, like, if this was any other team and we're like, the two guys we trust, the moves they made, getting Patrick Beverly with Ubre, extending Paul Reed, I mean, those are all awesome moves. And the Sixers are a team that have eight to nine rotation players that can actually play in the playoffs. And I think that's what makes them different this year versus previous years. The Miami Heat and the New York Knicks, Vegas is looking at them as similar regular season teams at 45 and a half wins. Last year, the Knicks had 47. The Heat had 44. What's the what's the line? 45 and a half. I could see them maybe clearing it by like a game or two. People are going to say I'm a hater for thinking Heat under, but I just don't think that that's not a testament to them who I think they are. It's just that in the regular season, they've proved that they could kind of coast and still make a run come playoff time. They're a playoff team. I don't think they could survive that again. I'm not going to disagree with you. I think, like, I'm more in the ballpark of them winning 47 to 48. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, like, I wouldn't say over by too much. But I think Miami and the Knicks. The Knicks, yeah, Miami for sure. I think they realize they got to take regular season a little bit more serious this year. So I think I'm over. I'm, I'm over with The Knicks, teams. anytime we have expectation on them, it's been a, a reoccurring theme. They disappoint. Yeah. For, for, uh, 45.5, correct? That's the line That here? is the line. They won 47 last year. Theoretically, they should be really good this year. Jalen Brunson's it this isn't a right this isn't the same old Knicks team. Jalen Brunson, you finally have a guy you can trust on the offensive side of the ball consistently. So I'm gonna go over here and it's really reliant on how great Jalen Brunson is. You know, it just sucks that the Knicks were so great last year because their line is so high. And you, they gotta win forty six games. And Brunson we know is a star. Rando, you know, in the regular season is a star. R.J., Quentin Grimes, Mitchell Robinson, Dante off the bench, Josh Hart. We have a lot of great players, great rotational players. A lot of depth on this team. But the problem with it is star power. And let's say, you know, God forbid, but let's just say Julius Randle's hurt for an extended amount of time or Jalen Brunson. Now we're talking a team that's offense is completely shot. I'll be honest. If Randle gets hurt, I don't think it's a bad thing. Didn't Randle get hurt down the stretch last season and you guys were winning ball games? I think when got, he wasn't on the court, we definitely were positive. I think you guys can Randall survive. played almost every game last year. I think you could. He, he hurt his ankle against us. That was in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, the playoffs, playoffs. No, against us. No, I'm saying, but in the playoffs is when the injury was bothering him. He played 77 games. I think what you guys I can survive of? without Randall. I think your offense would be able to generate more efficient with buckets. Brunson for sure. Yeah, with, as long as Brunson's not hurt, because remember, I think was it. After the or after January, Brunson became the number one. In, he averaged thirty. Yeah, your offense. As long as Jalen Brunson is not as healthy, is is as long as Jalen Brunson is healthy, I think your offense can generate enough efficient points, can definitely score the ball and maintain the Getting defense. Getting reverse. I'm thinking about when Brunson got hurt and it was primarily on Randall. Got it. That was when shit got. Uh, yeah, rough. I think Randall won't be a big hit. I think honestly, if you RJ could break him. out if that happens. Oh God, we're still thinking about that. <laughs> nah, you you don't think RJ could average 23, 24 if Randall. Gets hurt. I'm tired of thinking of what he can do. He averages 20 already. Randall got hurt against Miami. I won't even lie to you. Joel, RJ averages a struggling 20 points. 19.6. You're saying RJ? I said when RJ gets 20, it looks like he literally. Can you respect him like he did dog the Cavs? Dog the Cavs? He was great in the Cavs series. What are we doing? He He was was great in the Cavs series. He was finally good. 
He was. I'm saying when RJ gets 20, it looks like he's struggling for, to get for that For what 20. RJ has been, Let's see. he was great against the Cavaliers. Great? For what he's been, no, no, he no, was no, great no, against the Cavs. Don't fix it up I, That's what I'm saying. Great. He was. Okay, for what he's been, he was I great. You're saying he was Star J. Star J. Barrett, baby. Okay. I, I, I needed, that's what I needed. All right, let's see. let's see. I have no worries. Against the Cavs, he went... Okay, so the first game, he had seven. Okay. Second game, he had 14. Okay. Third game, he had 19. Locked. Fourth game, he had 26. He's him. Fifth game, he had 21. So he's this like is, that. This is who you call great. <laughs> <laughs> he was that, great. That's okay, bro. Like, game one, whatever. Game two, whatever, whatever, right? It's crazy how, like, in the moment, you Knicks feel fans about treated yeah, those games did. as the breakout. Hey, listen, one game three, he went 0 for 6 from 3. three for, that's, he's not a three-point shooter, bro. It's just never been One year game. he was. He was Remember 38%, that. bro. But, what the forget. fuck was he on that year? <laughs> one game he went, oh, God. Yeah, I think he shot 40%. Was it 40? Yeah. Damn, bro. He shot 40%. Against Miami, he was good. Facts. Against okay. Miami, he was good. He went 26. So he carried it over into the Miami series. Where's Miami? He was good, yeah. He Except went 26, for the last game. He went 26, 24, 14, 24, 26, 11. So just respect him is all I'm going to say. No, you said Cleveland. If you would have said Miami, you would have He had a great game. 3, 4, 5. So in the closeout games, he was amazing. And then against Miami, he was solid. As fuck. He's all right. He was, no, he was good against Miami. I'll give you that. You said great. He was going crazy. I'm going to stand Miami, on what man. I said. He was great in the playoffs. Mm, talk your shit. Remember Atlanta? So I, I do, sadly. Between the Heat and the Knicks, who would you Everyone take? Was bad. Who would you take to have more wins? In the, I think the Knicks are the definition of a regular season team. Ooh, that's mean. Um, but that, I mean, is that wrong? We were close to the conference finals, man. So was Philly. Fuck. We, we, we almost beat the team that went to the finals, the Heat. Good point. You almost beat them? No. They went to six. Uh, Philly uh, went to seven. We went to six and, and Jimmy we missed got a game. nothing. Were, no, from they, Jimmy missed a game, not, not just seven either. The Philly didn't just go seven; they, they were, were up. up. Yeah, Brunson backpacked against the Heat. Jimmy missed a game. You remember that? He missed a game. Sure. I know. So it really could have been five, honestly. But um, and you guys almost lost game two. Well, we did. It came down to the fucking wire. It was way too close. Game for one, the, the refs cheated. Oh god, for the Heat. <laughs> They did. <laughs> <laughs> did. Should have been seven. Oh um, my Lord I would mercy. go. I'm gonna go Knicks. I'm going Knicks. I think you have. I yeah. think the Knicks are a better regular season team. Please, I, I just. Miami, it's just. Just, it's just tough, please. man. We're here respecting Miami, you guys. Please. You guys are, are so res- good. We are yeah, you're guys. so good. You can coast in the regular season and still be effective in the playoffs. That that's not a thing that many teams can do. I'm worried about the Knicks a little bit, even in trying to take them over. Yeah, I'm worried yeah. about the Knicks because last year they're probably their win total probably was at like 36, mm-hmm. and they shattered it. But this year, I don't feel comfortable in putting any bet on the Knicks and Heat to go over their win totals That's or under. Fact. These are two of the ones that I'm kind of staying away from. But you have to answer. I would go with the the Knicks to have a better record. Really thought season. he was picking Miami. No. No shot in hell. Yeah, of course. But if you had to say over <laughs> under for 45 and a half. You say both? I'll go over for the Knicks, and I would go under for the Heat. Like how many games under? I think they would win 45. Okay. Yeah. I, I, oh, so I, they just it, won't clear it, the number. It'd just okay. be right there. Cool, cool, cool. Like, out of all the teams I've mentioned so far, the only ones that I'm taking a bet on would be the Sixers right now, I think, is a steal at 40 and a half. I'm with you. That's the one that I'm really looking at and looking at it as a major steal. <laughs> And the Cavaliers, I'm looking at it. But so far, if, like, you're listening to me and you're thinking about placing a bet on these win totals, the one I'm definitely going with is the Sixers. Let it be known that the Atlanta Hawks won one more game than the Chicago Bulls, and Drew thinks it's a big gap. <laughs> They're, They're way better next. offense. Okay. They They're won next. one more game. 
Atlanta is projecting the Hawks to win 41 and a half games. No other team is with them right now. They won 41 last year. They sure did. (laughs) They're expecting them to be a 42 win team this year. They should be over. I I would say they flatline it again. So I'd say they win 41. I think that's reasonable. I think A.J. Griffin can be great for them. He's an awesome player. I like him a lot. But the Hawks are just the, they're not an ideal fit with Trey and DeJounte. It just feels like a bunch of role players and then Trey Young, DeJounte. And I don't think that they figured has it out very team. early in the season. You need to keep Trey on the ball. It's not going to work out that he's, that Quinn Snyder did come late. So that's what I'm saying. And yeah. Quinn came in and they played really good basketball. Now you get a full off season. Actually, of, I'm going to go over. It should be. Go it over. should be over. I think Atlanta's cool. I'll go over. You can't trust DeAndre Hunter to stay healthy, but when he's on the court, obviously he's a positive. He's a good player. I think AJ Griffin might be better than DeAndre Hunter. I think he might be yes. better than Sadiq, honestly. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Don't forget Bogdanovic. Bogdanovic is also coming off the bench. That's he's correct. He's probably their best their third best scorer, for sure. Are you so you're saying trade? He might be John, a better scorer than is he a better is he a better scorer than DeAndre? I think so. Bogdanovic, yeah, I think so. Mm, I think he, he might be better scored than DeJounte. Just because of how efficient he is as a shooter from the I mean, DeAndre, I mean, excuse me. DeJounte was pretty efficient from the midi this season. Like he's he that's always gonna take the midi, but I like Bogdanovich is also a good shooter from both. Mm-hmm. He can hit his free throws. He he's a, he's not a bad secondary playmaker or third playmaker. Mm-hmm. No, he can't be the number one, but I think he can make some plays in the pick and roll. And he hits some tough shots, you mm-hmm. know. So I, I like Bogdanovich. I really do. Like I really like. Like if he I was think off the bench, team, being a rotational piece, that's state, a solid. Man. The next team is the Pacers. Thirty-eight and a half wins last year. They won thirty-five. Tyrese played fifty-six games, though. That's the problem. I th- the Pacers right now. They're my value pick for this win total. Thirty-eight and a half. I think they're a playoff team. I think they're a surprise team in the East. Buddy Heald has yet to get traded yet, so I'm still under the assumption Buddy Heald will play for this team. Tyrese, I think there's another level to his game. I, I think there is a level where he is a 25-point-per-game scorer. He's averaging still the same amount of assists. He's leading the league in assists. And if you get even 60 to 65 games from Tyrese, this is a 40-plus win team easily. You know what's crazy? It's just so crazy how life works in a sense of Garland was doing what Tyrese was doing the year before, and then they bring in a star, and he's kind of, like, shifted to the second guy. It's because the usage. Did yeah. you see Donovan's usage? It's nuts. Like, almost 33 it 34%. Has, yeah, he's, he's, a, yeah. he's amazing, but why are we allowing Garland to initiate and get things going? Hey, man, 28 points a game. Do you miss a buck? He's amazing. I would, what's it? 35? 38 and a half. 38 and a half. Let me see. I have to win 40 games. I can see it. It's just Tyrese. It's 39 win team. Is Reese a top three passer in the NBA? Off the top of my head, I respect I would Jokic say, as number one. If that's what we want to I'd say, I'd be safe, probably top five. I still think LeBron's up there. That's I also was accounting for LeBron number two. Jokic, Luka, LeBron, no. Yeah, and even you could throw Harden up there. It's a lot of guys. I say top five to be ah top six, seven to be safe. I was watching just a highlight tape of just him passing. Nuts, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Halley, yes, amazing. It's a lot of good passes in the league. Like, they really just made, like, a 10-minute montage of just passing. No buckets, just straight <laughs> him dishing. They uh did they that. got Obi topping this year. So that's what I was going to say about the Pacers. You know, there's a... Bruce Brown, real, they made moves to win, honestly. Yeah. Bringing in Obi topping, people are having rumblings of potentially him and being transition, uh, one, be awesome. uh, a candidate for, for most improved. I don't know about that. Who? I think Obi topping. I think he's going to be good. He I don't know start. about conversation about he should. 
He ah. should. Would you start Jarris or him? I think I'll let him fight for it. I don't disagree there. I'll let him fight for it, but I think right now Obi should have the edge. I agree with that. I definitely, you definitely go into training camp with the mindset like, yeah, Obi probably should and, start, and but this isn't Jairus, a, how it works. And him. this isn't a knock on Obi, but if Jairus comes in and starts I mean, think over, about that front court. over Obi, then we have to have a conversation about Obi. But even think about it like this, though. Last year, the Pacers drafted Benedict Matherin high, mm-hmm. and he did not start for them. Fact. He came off the bench. I, I think Rick Carlisle is one of those coaches that he makes rookies fight for it. Agreed. And even though Matherin was averaging 20. He I mean, was. He should have started. efficient 20. Yeah. But nevertheless, 20 is 20. He was averaging 20. So to me, I think when I look at the starters for the Pacers, it's Tyrese, Buddy Heald, Miles Turner. Those are the locked in three. Bruce Brown, I think, Has to comes should start. No, I think he should start personally. So? Bring Benedict off the bench again? Correct. I think Benedict needs oh, to be your sixth Oh, they're moving Buddy. Yeah, no, no not necessarily. Yet. Not necessarily. Because if they're moving Buddy, then Benedict starts. Well, they, Buddy wants to. He wants to be moved. Well, but Buddy wants his money. No, no, no. They've, they've stopped. Really? Yeah, he, he wants to be traded. They couldn't find a deal. Right now, ESPN is projecting this as a starting lineup. Tyrese, Matherin, Bruce Brown, yep. OB, Miles Turner. Yep. Off the bench, it's Andrew Nemhard, Buddy Heald, TJ McConnell, Jarris Walker. And Aaron Neesmith. And Jalen Smith also. And Jalen Smith, Mm -hmm. yeah. Isaiah Uh, Jackson's also pretty good, too. That's a fact. I think the difference with Benedict not starting. Come on now. I'm so sorry. Um, (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm going to just say Mathering. I think with Mathering not starting (laughs) and and, um, Jarris not starting is when Mathering didn't start, there was proven players in front of him. I don't think Obi is proven yet. You know, I think he's still trying to find his way. So I wouldn't be surprised if they um, are fighting for any camp because Jarris and Miles Turner defensively, that shit, it makes me shiver. It's so, you know cool. what I'm saying? Like, that's, cool. But also, OB provides that type of spacing Jarris may not provide right now. So mm-hmm. the offense can take an input. So it's like, what you what do you want? You know, so I think let him fight for it. In my opinion, let him fight for it in camp. Whoever outworks whoever plays better, you know, you have him start. Either or can start, and I don't think it'd be a big issue. Yep. But um, Indiana, man, I'll probably... Two years too early, man. Go over by like a game or two. The way, the way I see the Pacers running their offense... I think Rick Carlisle wants to be real transition heavy, which is why you have Matherin starting, Bruce Brown starting, who can initiate off the break, Obi Toppin starting. I, I think that's a fun transition For team. Sure. And in the half court, Tyrese is always going to be able to generate things in the half court. I think the drop off from them with Tyrese and without offensive rating wise was like a top five offense versus one of the worst offenses in the league. As long as Tyrese is healthy, I feel very comfortable in this. This win total of 38 and a half being smashed. I think the Pacers are, they're a team that can be in the 45 win total. I think if Tyrese is healthy, I'm very, I'm very high on them. And that's a team I'm definitely putting all my chips in this season in the East. 45 wins would be more than Miami last season, more than Atlanta last season, Chicago and Toronto would just be under the Knicks. So they could be, they would have been a top six lock. They were before Tyrese got hurt. That's true. Listen, I, I I believe that this Pacers team is definitely going to be significantly better than last year. And so long as Tyrese Halliburton stays healthy and is on the court, this offense will be fun and really explosive. I don't hate that opinion, Joel. 45 wins, not a crazy opinion. Um, I understand where you're coming from. They, they've got a lot of exciting young players. And adding Bruce Brown to this, uh, we've seen him go from a net situation where he was an excellent role player to being a championship level role player on the Denver Nuggets. He had to go get his money and deservedly so. 
This Pacers unit's fun. I I definitely am going to go over on this win total as well. There are three teams right now that Vegas has lumped together at 37 and a half wins. The Bulls, the Magic, and the Nets. How many wins? 37 and a half. <laughs> These are all really good lines. Vegas did it again. Um, <laughs> We're going to lose less than 37. Magic games. should be over. Bulls. Over 37 and a half? Bulls should be over. You're saying Magic? Yeah. Yeah, they had 34 last year. They they With another year of Paolo, another year of Franz, Jalen Suggs hopefully can can improve off of last year's stretch down the end of the season. Anthony Black gets added to the offense depending on how much he's going to play. Uh, they did add shooting to their team. Markel Fultz, you always have the injury concern with him, but he's a solid ball player. He had one of his better seasons last year. Wendell Carter, one of the more underrated bigs in the league. They should win over 37 games. They should. I think it's a tough line. I think all these three teams being lumped together is tough. I've been saying over for every team. I don't care. <laughs> Miami, yeah, I don't think you said under for one team. Miami. Actually. Yeah, you did say for Miami. I would. The Bulls are going over. What are we doing? Bro, the Bulls are not that good. If there's Atlanta a team is. that goes under here, I think it's most likely the Nets and Magic. You no, know, let's make a wager. Let's do it. Bet Who's better? It. Yeah. Atlanta no, or the Bulls? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I'll be scared now. I said okay. How much? 50 beans. All right, done. Let's do it. 37. Hawks, Bulls. Come on, man. We won 40 games last year. Yeah, got it. So we'll win over 37. So you guys regressed from the year before. And then here we are now. Look, he's making me hate the Bulls. I didn't want to do this, man. Didn't Atlanta regress too? No. Atlanta, yes. Somewhat, yes. They were eighth seed before. No, no. The year before. How many games did they win the year before? I already got it. Atlanta's kind of been in, in the whatever mode for a while, though. They had. They were the eighth. They were the eight. They won 43 games the year before. 41. They were the wow. They looked way better down the stretch of, of uh, last year than they did. We didn't look way better. Yo, this guy's a sick guy. What? You look, did what? we not look better? Your defense was very good in, in the second half of the season. Lost You're right. We got Javon Carter, man. <laughs> Javon's de- defensively is like that. Uh, he's nice. The mm. Nets, 37 and a half. I, I would take the under on the Nets. The Nets, I'm going under. The Bulls, I'm going over. The Nets last year won 45 games, but like you said, 13 and 15 after they got Mikel and all them guys. Yeah, that that one. I mean, all if they're going under thirty seven, bro. They're not a playing team. Yeah, I don't know. That's why it's tough for me because I can see the Nets finishing forty and 42, 41 and forty one. Like one thing about right, so them going over is that they're going to play hard. I think they're going to play hard. So you're going over. Yeah, all these lines are pretty favorable. They're good. The Bulls, I think, is a good line. The Nets is a good line. The Magic is the one that you're like, eh. If you believe in a team, fine. You just that's put it. A, on that's them. a take your risk. I don't feel good about the magic line. That's a swing line. I want to believe in them because I I really fuck with them. What's the what was the line again? 30, 37 and a half. And that's wins. Nets Bulls Magic. So okay. they got to win thirty eight. Nets will not under. Mm-hmm. Bulls over. Orlando I flat it. Flat. I know. I don't. I don't want to have an over under for the Magic. I don't either. So I'm going flat. The Just Raptors are at thirty six and a half. That might be an under for me. The Raptors haven't lost 36 games in so long. I know, bro. They're a model consistent. Nick, Nick Nurse, no longer there, though. They added Dennis Schroeder. They did. Dennis Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder outside of L.A. If they good. don't blow it up. Outside of OKC. Which is what's the scary part. I don't know what they're going to do with these players at the deadline. So, I, like, I could say over. They Bring could be on Gary pace. Trent. Then they trade him. Bring me Gary Trent. I, but I'm a, I believe they'll blow it up, so I'll go under. What do you think? 
This guy's trying to get away with not giving over unders. You know? <laughs> what the hell's wrong with him? I don't know. The Bulls over, Nets over, Magic under, Raptors. I baited him into the Nets. As long yeah. as he got Pascal and OG. Right. Scotty Barnes is whatever. Like, it, even if he doesn't take a lead, like, he's solid. Where does that rank in playoff teams as bottom two duo? It's the player. worst. It's one of the worst. Easily the worst. But right. the Raptors, as long as Siakam has like an All NBA year, it, I find it hard to believe that they won't be at least gonna go with a caveat competitive. here. If Siakam is with the team the whole season, they should hit the over. If he's traded before or at they the deadline, they're gonna be under. But then again, I don't know. You know, it's really how much you trust the coach, the new coach, mm-hmm. and if he's gonna be any good. So, I would probably go safe here and just be. I'll just say. I'll just say under, just because I think they're a big unknown. They're a big unknown. Now, on to the lottery teams. Darko Ravicic. The Vegas has the Hornets. Djokovic. That's the Toronto head coach uh, name. Vegas has the Hornets at 30 and a half wins. Over. If we believe in them as much as we want 30 to. 30 and a half? Yeah, oh, my over. God. They won 27 games last year. I get it. But they were also. <laughs> there's a There were a lot they of. hurt. There were a lot of bad teams last year competing for one thing and one thing only. And that's Victor Wembanyama. They had more wins than three teams last year. No, the Hornets were really bad. They last are. Year. They get hurt a like them in Detroit get hurt a lot. You know what they don't talk about though that really bothers me. Uh, Lamelo Ball shooting forty percent on eleven attempts from three. It's because he can't get to the fucking rim. But he, that's still elite level. He's shooting. still a great shooter, but yeah, he can't get to the rim. That's elite see, level. No, shooting. But do you see how he's like how far he's like he, okay, he really can't get to the are rim. Are we gonna? I'm so, no, it's wow, great, man. man. Hey, we live in a, game. We live in a world. Where you can take eleven attempts from three, shoot efficient as hell. What did uh, Legends and of Winter City KD? No rim pressure, man. Puts no rim pressure. Sorry, he does not pressure the rim. So I guess KD is an elite scorer anymore because he doesn't pressure the rim, right? That's <laughs> he got an talking. elite midi though. That's what we're talking about. I'm trolling, bro. Lamelo and Lamelo fringe is an elite three point shooter. No, no, damn near elite. Eleven attempts for forty percent. I'll call you. That's elite. OD. Yeah, Lamelo's um, an you amazing You were disrespecting player. him, man. Why? Because I, I said Tyrese receipts. is better? I keep receipts, man. Did you say Tyrese is better? Yes. He is better. But LaMelo is a great player. Six eight. Can't can't teach that. You can't. Can't teach that. <laughs> Imagine can't making the Hornets a playing team. Hornets 30 and a half wins. They'll, I think they'll clear 30 and a half. I think it's a steal. Like 30, we're talking about them getting 31 wins. Miles Bridges is back too. How how That's long is, is Miles Bridges suspended to start the year? He's not there. He's actually Wait. booted up. I was about to say, I think they said that his season long last year, just sitting out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, let me make be, sure. Start. Let me make sure. I'm almost positive. Listen, LaMelo, Rozier, Miles Bridges, regardless of how you feel personally, I mean, come on. That's three talented players right there. So it says the NBA suspends Miles Bridges for 30 games. Apparently, let me make sure I'm reading it correctly. He'll, he's going to be suspended for the first 10 games. They're saying that last season only accounts for 20 games. Okay. That's still not a long suspension, though. No, 10 games, 10 games is really, he'll be back. in the grand scheme of things, is nothing for, for the Hornets. I think 10 games? 10 games this I, season. I think the Hornets should go over this win total. Like, right now, I, I've been starring the win totals that I love the most. The Sixers, the Pacers, and the Hornets. Those are my three right now that I think are... V- like value picks or value steals. The Celtics should just continue to be one of the best teams in the league. 54 and a half when they won 57. They could be in that that 57 to 60 territory, honestly. They should be a dominant team in the regular season. The Celtics? The Celtics, saying? correct. Yeah. 
And the Bucks too. I mean, name a, another team in the regular season probably, as consistent uh, as them. They, I don't know. They, they might not be able to. I think Giannis is eligible for the load management and Dame too are eligible, eligible for the load management rules. I'm excited to watch Milwaukee basketball, man. You Dame. saw Kawhi get pissed off that they tried to say it was because of him. What do you mean? Like about the, the load. They asked him about the load management questions and he was kind of like, I don't know what they're talking about. I tore my meniscus and I tore my ACL. Like, I'd be legit hurt. I don't sit out. I would be pissed off if I was Kawhi, too. Yeah. Because when he's healthy, he plays. Yeah. I think the NBA ruling of that is just stupid because you're not going to stop players from sitting out if they feel hurt. And they can easily make up an injury. It's very easy. <laughs> and you're going to find players if, you know, even if... They'll launch investigations. Yes. Remember when Dame said he wasn't injured? Even if doctors say, like, okay, you're clear to play, if that player goes, well, like, my knee feels really sore right now. Should the player just play to not get fined, or should they sit out for their body? I think they should sit out for their body. It's just hard to enforce that, and that's why I think it's not going to help much. Kyrie sitting out the, he sat out the preseason game. It's stolen already. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the Hornets roster: Lamelo, Rozier, Brandon Miller, PJ Washington, Miles Bridges, Mark I like Williams, a player man, Gordon Hayward, Nick Richards, who's a good backup big, and they got. Edmund Summer, who was actually good, a pretty good player, good on the defensive Nets. player for yeah. sure. I mean, those a lot of turnovers. Yeah, like these these players, I think it's they're, a good, good nine team. man roster. Like yeah. it's a legit good one. It's just can they put it together? Can and they stay put on the, the court? Can they stay on the court? Put it together. Put the maturity immaturity aside. Can the vets be vets? Can Clifford coach? You know, that's another thing. Um, he can coach though. Yeah, no, I'm saying like coach yeah. this group into a like. Can they really be this team? Because they took a leap defensively last year. They did a, a lot and of that guys started were out. with Dennis and, and yeah. Mark. And Dennis is gone. I mean, Edmund Summers, I think, is still can give you that type of defense. Name me Detroit's line, man. What we Detroit doing? is 27 and a half. Oh, my God. Smash, 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 don't smash. Do smash, that, smash. <laughs> smash <laughs> don't smash, do that, smash. man. Don't do that, man. They won 17 games, and Cade played eight of them. They got better. C- Cade immediately does make them better. He gives them five wins at most. That's 22. Oh, man, they added some guys. Bad, How bro. many wins did they win last year? 17. Wow. 27 and a half is generous. I'm going to go under respectfully. Although they do have too. some exciting t- players on this team. Obviously, they didn't have a good Jalen Durant. Asar and uh, did they? Joe Harris, I guess. This guy doesn't even know who they brought in. It was just Joe Harris Monty and Monty Morris. Yeah, he was on the Wizards last season. Facts. Respect. Um, who else did they bring in? Um, um, Monty Morris. Yeah, yeah. Monty Morris. We just, yeah, we just said that. They brought uh, in shooting. They had a good draft. It was Joe Harris. They drafted Asar. Marcus Sasser, too. James Wiseman and Bagley are fighting for the backup center spot. I think Bagley probably wins it, which will be hilarious. Is Sasser going to get minutes? Nah. I was going to say, Machi's in front of him. Killian's in front Monty. of him. Alec is in front of him. Who? I said Killian. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Killian, yeah. Killian, was he could have played please, worse stop. last please. season. Well, you, you know what the bar is for him? He played better than what the bar was. That's not saying much as bars. Can you respect that? he? Put, come on, bro. The, the days I, of hating on Killian Hayes are over. Nuts. It's over. Hating was insane to say. He wasn't good. He wasn't. Um, Detroit. I saw you made a tweet, and it was a good tweet. It was, um, what was it? How Red, long until and that, and they're not poverty anymore? Yeah, and that's a fact. How long, how long do we have to wait for these young players to, like, obviously, Duran just came in, so we're going to give him that leeway. Ivy just came in. We'll give him that leeway. This is really Kate's second year. It is, but it's like, come on, like, you know, Monty did just get there. So, okay, we'll give him like a year, a year or two. This year and the next year, you know, because Asar is a rookie. But it, they got to make some moves. It's starting to, like, you have the foundation, you have the coach, you have the young players. 
Now it's time to bring in those vets. They did. They do have Bogue, so that's good. They brought in Morris. They brought in Joe Harris. So you brought some veterans. He should be a trade piece, though. Joe? No. No. Bogdanovich. About, uh, Bogdanovich. Um, who would play he the makes four? Him significantly better though. No, yeah. I know that. But if you're space. and he's on a friendly, but his deal isn't. But bad. if you're a team like the the Pistons and you could get two first round picks, that's bringing for, in more young talent. So already loaded young talent. I don't disagree with you. Maybe it's just me, but if I'm the Pistons, the starting lineup would be Cade, Ivy, Harris, Bogdanovich, and Duran. They might start Stewart. I need to see a star start off rip. I, would, I don't need to see it. I, can, I would rather him play with Monty. Because I want to see them play with pace. I want him to play with Monty Morris. I I'd think, rather see them play with spacing. Okay. I think Monty Morris is the perfect mm-hmm. point guard that can get him in spots to score. So I would rather that's him not, the bench. That's not Cade. That's not Jaden. Uh, yeah. you, you, you Jaden was a, a pretty solid He is, but sometimes he's season. erratic. And he I was. think Morris brings more of a pace. I think he brings an understanding of the point guard position. As Ivy, he wasn't a point guard, so he's still learning the position. Sure. So I think... I started coming up the bench isn't a bad idea. He's still a little bit raw. Like, so I think him coming up the bench. But defensively, it, I yeah. feel like this lineup needs that. But you need the spacing around Cade and Ivy. So I think Joe, even if it's not just Joe, I, I know for sure Bogdanovich needs to start. Absolutely. They're trying That's to start lock. Isaiah, though. It's losing me. I don't, I don't know about all that. Isaiah Stewart and shit. I can understand starting Joe. Starting Joe over Asar makes sense, especially with Bogdanovich. You do have some solid spacing. Jaden can improve going into year two. Wasn't that efficient as a three-point shooter last year. But Cade also, he's also struggled with his three-point shot so far into his career. But he was pretty solid towards the back half of his rookie season. And then, of course, we didn't see him play much last season. Cade should be a breakout player, a breakout candidate this year. And we're going to get into our breakouts later. Of course, Cade's going to be in that conversation. But he needs to. Because if not this season, then when? Because then we really start to have concerns. But I do believe in the talent that is Cade Cunningham. He's been pretty exciting so far to watch in this offseason. The last team here is the Wizards at 23 and a half win total. Should be under. I will be in Washington, by the way. <laughs> I'm so serious. Um, I'm going to catch a few games. It's going to be cheap. I can get if Jordan Poole is 25 point game scorer, you got Kuzma, you got Tyce Jones, did you see the Pittsburgh, did you see the, Advia. Did you see the Aura at photo shoots? Yeah, I saw it. You, it was fire, wasn't it? I, I, you, I, you can say it. I know. I, 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 won't, I won't go as far to say fire, honestly. It's good vibes. Honestly, not really. Wizards twenty four wins. <laughs> Not hating, bro. It's just, they're they're a whatever team, uh-huh. and he is an above average player. Jordan Poole. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm, I can live with that. All right. You have a bunch of above average players on the Lakers. Agreed. Yes. Or at uh, Lakers photo shoot was dog shit. By the way. Okay. Got the best player of all time on our team. Yeah, I don't feel bad at all. Listen, man. When we're at the top of the league and. You're talking about the Wizards now, comparing it to the Lakers. I don't think that's the argument that you want to get into, bro. My guy has a ring on the Wizards. I'll be honest. I I don't think there's a single team that you like that are as good as the Lakers going into this year. Um, and that's a lot of them. Give me that. Just cooked his ass. No. Yeah, I know. No. The Warriors. No. I don't think there is. Here's I the think, here's uh, the only one you the can Lakers hang on to. The only one you can hang on to, which if you mention them, I have to raise my hands and defeat the Clippers. Because when they're healthy and they play us, we lose. They have gotten our number, and t- we get our ass I kicked. Think, almost no, I every think time the Lakers are better than the Warriors. I do think the I do think though. At the same time, the war the Lakers won the same amount of games in the WCF as all of my teams last year. <laughs> so, you went out there, got fucking swept. Like, Come on, embarrassing. Bro. It like, was better than what the swept said. The sweep. I'll be honest, shit. Let anybody else go because getting swept was so embarrassing. It sucked. So, it's, what do you think about this one total? Fucking under, bro. <laughs> nah, 
Ah, Tyus Jones, Kuzma. I like like cool. it's, it's it's gonna be cool over there like to watch, but they're gonna get blown out a lot. They're gonna lose a lot. It's so you don't think they'll win twenty four games? Basketball. I think if they can get to, I think they'll win twenty four. Twenty four? I'll go over. Fuck it, we're here. Fives, over. Twenty four win team. Begging for the twenty five. Twenty five wins is here. <laughs> God, this is just the, you want to talk about the bar being low. That is the bar being low. Listen, man, you gotta start somewhere. You get the number one pick. I'm not moved. You don't have to be moved. Because the Pistons been trying to, to get the number one overall pick for years. They imagine, got it once, and they right now it's been a fold. paired Cade with Victor. It would have been awesome. It would have been viral. They definitely were the team that needed Victor the most. I mean, it's not our fault. The league rigs. No, it was rigged. Sure. It was rigged. There's no way it wasn't. Breakout players. Who you got? All right. Uh, I won't say Cade Cunningham because I just said, and I know Riv is you know, jerking and thinking about him. Um, my number two is going to be Franz Wagner, of course, with the Orlando Magic, was excellent last year. Uh, I think that he should be in that 22 to 24 points per game. I think he'll have that usage with the Orlando Magic. There's some freedom that he's been now granted uh, because he's proven himself to be such a great offensive player. I think that we're looking towards him being in the candidate for most improved, especially if the Orlando Magic solidify themselves in that play-in tier. Uh, my next name on this list is going to be I stay consistent. Scotty Barnes. Now that he's going to pri- <laughs> I can't look at Riv. I can't look at Riv when I'm... When he I'm, looked at me. That's what it was. That's what so I tried not to look at him. I'm going to stay 10 toes down with my boy Scotty. Because now... Terrible toes. Now I'm going to... Riv, can I lock Sorry, him, please, bro? You're, you're making me laugh, and I don't appreciate it. Sorry, the East is just so funny. I say he's a breakout candidate because he's primarily going to be on ball. He's going to be the initiator of this offense with Fred Van Vliet being gone. I think that's what the Raptors drafted Scotty for. And on top of him being a great defender, which he honestly needs to lock in. Uh, going into this year, though, him being the initiator, having the ball in his hands, I think it'll allow him to gain more confidence on the offensive side of the ball where we saw him in moments have some really good highs against the Lakers. That's a game that sticks out to me where he dominated that game. He was able to score in all facets, but just because he was so constantly on the ball. So if we start to see that prime for a, a whole season, see him gain some confidence, he's definitely a breakout candidate for me. Cameron Johnson, we spoke about it early on. Last season, he went from the Phoenix Suns to the Nets. Now, Riff, I'm being honest. I'm sick and tired of you because you slept last season. Wait, wait. You, you, wait. You're a sleeper on Cam Johnson. You're also a sleeper on Cam Johnson. You have no choice now because you're staying oh over God, on the Nets. He averages this, 16 points a game. We're you, know why, you know why it's, it's great to say that or great to see that? Because when I said if you gave Cam more opportunities... He could definitely be in that tier of, of points per game. And what happened? Exactly that. So you guys slept. It's okay. He's a better player than what you guys thought. That's on you what guys. What did he do that was better in Brooklyn instead of just having more opportunities to shoot the ball? That's really what it was. You give him more opportunities. So he, nothing got output. better. He just, well, he's got just more the same guy. Oh, interesting. It says you made him sound like when he was he's on efficient Phoenix. And he gets buckets. You made him sound like he could be one of those like top three scorer guys I mean, on he's, a team. He's going to be a top two scorer on the Nets. You know, but like, so eat shit. No, no. I don't see it. Eat it. He's not a better scorer than Cam Thomas. Okay. He's going to average more points this season. Doesn't move me. Okay. Uh, regardless, this is going to be a breakout candidate. He went from 11 points on the Suns, and when he got more opportunity, he's going to be the second scorer on the, on the Nets. He could be in that 18 to 20 points range just because of necessity. I do. Yeah, absolutely. 20. He was at 16 this past talk season when he was on the Nets. No, I feel great about it. And my last last two, Mark Williams. Obviously, last year he he had a mini break as a rookie on the defensive side of the ball. He's going to be huge, especially with 
the the idea that they need to lock in on the defensive side of the ball. That's always been an issue since LaMelo's got drafted to the Hornets, that they've been a, one of the worst defensive teams. He came in and towards the end of the season changed that around. I'm expecting him to fully, fully immerse himself as one of the better big defenders in the game. And then A.J. Griffin, last year did not get much playing time, but, was, but in his limited opportunity was one of the more efficient, was very efficient in that limited opportunity. I think that there is now a position for him to get more minutes, or at least Quinn Snyder should put him in the game to play more because he is such a, a solid, efficient, offensive player. It's to me, watching the tape last year, he reminds me of a poor man's Jalen Brown at this point in time. He's just a little bit slow. That's what he needs to just work on, being a little bit more explosive, trusting his movements. But I think he's primed for a breakout in terms of just getting more minutes, being a, a solid role player. He's looking at me. That's why I'm laughing. It's okay. Why are you looking at me, bro? Who do you, who, who do you say? Because I, I said a low-key name of, of A.J. Griffin. I don't mean he's breaking out into a star. Oh but he's he said like Jalen Brown. I caught, caught me off guard a little bit. Oh, watch his tape. Honestly, it's his Are you saying Jalen Brown? No. No, oh. he said A.J. Griffin comp Jalen Brown. Oh, really? If i watching the tape, he really does remind me of a, a Jalen Brown. Like a poor man's Jalen Brown, of course. I know you guys get fixated on that, but sure remember do. the last time I said that. Jonathan Just Kamingo keep that in reminds mind. me of Jalen Brown. Coming out. Very raw. Okay. Athletic. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes you have to trust your pre-draft scouting report, and sometimes you have to change it. For Scotty Barnes, those that's one of the players that I wish. You never said remind you of Giannis? I never. Yeah, I, I never. I feel like his rookie season <laughs> made me higher on him than I should have been because Coming out the me draft. Me too, man. Me too. I think everybody. Yeah. I think everybody. Was coming close. out the draft, what Scotty is now is what I expected him to be coming out the draft. That first year moved to He everybody. was awesome. Yeah. He's going to be a lot. Yeah. He's going to be on ball a lot this season. I think that it'll benefit we for, his game. We forget that rookies are kind of catching the league by surprise because we don't know what they can do. Like Benedict? Is that one of those examples also? Yeah, yes. like Benedict mm. is somebody average 20, but. Wouldn't be surprised if he drops down to like sixteen next year. I just I just, if it's sixteen, but exactly if it's sixteen, but an efficient sixteen, I'm more moved by that. Need the jumper to improve. You want to go? Or? Yeah, I'll go. Okay. Um, you like my names, guys? Everybody sub Scotty. I understand. I like. Your I, have to, I have to stay ten. I times. love AJ. Griffin. I, nice. AJ Griffin, I love too. I'm locked in. I got tweets about him. Real like legit yeah. ones, not no phony phony ones like this guy. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> what are your real legit <laughs> tweets? You know, I'll do the deep dive. I'll do the deep dive. I love AJ Griffin. AJ Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't got the phony ones. <laughs> this guy has tweets of everybody, man. <laughs> hey, listen, I'll no, be no, watching no. a he, lot. He has two types of tweets for every single player. It's the, hey, this guy's got some promise, man. I've been telling y'all about him. He's, this guy's not a good player. I don't <laughs> trust. He's got all angles, all sides. He's always ready at any moment's notice. Nuts. Respect this guy. Any moments. Breakout player, listen. Got you. There's a player that... That you, I have two players that you mentioned on my breakouts. The first breakout player for me is obvious. It's Franz, Franz Wagner. And be. I think even with the Magic, like Paolo and Franz can be grouped into the breakouts. Franz is just in year three, and I trust him to make that leap. 18-4-3 last year. Can easily be a 20-plus point per game score this year and increase that three-point efficiency. My second one is Tyrese Halliburton on the Pacers. He averaged 21 and 10. You can argue the breakout happened last year, but I think Tyrese has another gear he can tap into. I think he can be a 25 and 10 player, and that's why I think this year he's going to be that, and the Pacers are going to make the playoffs. Next one, I'm grouping in these rookie center bigs in the East, the Hornets and Pistons, Mark Williams and Jalen Duran. Absolutely. Those are that. my two Jaylen breakout Durant players. Needs to be there as well. 
And then my last one is Tyus Jones on the Wizards. Average 10 and 6 last year. And I think with the Wizards this year, we're talking about a 16 and 8 guy. I don't think he's gonna he's gonna get better dr- drastically as a player, but the stats will get better, and that's why I have him as a breakout. Tyus Jones, Tyus Jones, Tyus Jones. Uh so I'm look I looked up just Durag Riv, AJ Griffin. Now Ryan, appears. No, no, no. Ryan Hammer asked my draft people most underrated 2022 prospects that you think deserve more love. You said Peyton Watson, Dyson Daniels, AJ Griffin. Okay. I like Peyton Watson. That's my fucking guy. And Dyson Daniels is good. He just needs opportunity. That's also my dog. Here we go. Is that all that was up? Uh, there was also a tweet that said, give me a starting five of 2022 prospects you most enjoy watching. Not the best, but the most fun viewing pleasure. You have Kennedy Chandler, Ocheak Baji, AJ Griffin, Paolo Boncaro, and Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler, you had in here. You're him. I do. I do what I do. <laughs> Even though you laughed at John, Kessler. I didn't think he'd go that high. But you know, I do what I do. I did like watching him in college, though. All right, breakout players of the NBA Eastern Conference. Fi- oh, I trolled. Eastern Conference. Here we go. I also have Sky Rib's Franz. brains in the mud. Yeah, I'm sorry. I also have Franz. It's because you almost killed somebody today, so that really hurt me. Bro, are you yeah. serious, man? You're going <laughs> to me like that? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I also have Franz, but I have Markel Fultz on my list, too. You know, I, I, I think he's going to break out into maybe not this all-star, but I think, you know, 16, 17 points a game, 7 to 8 assists. I think people are going to really remember the player he definitely is now. And, of course, he's going to be an integral part of Orlando's success. You know, he's going to be able to initiate that offense, get them in spots they want to be. And I think he's going to be big for Boncaro's breakout season. Also, have Franz up here for the obvious reasons. I'm not going to repeat. Cade Cunningham, of course, I got him up here just because of the fact that not only is he going to have a breakout, but he needs to have a breakout. I think he's one of the few top three picks that like we haven't seen much. And I think he needs this year three breakout probably more than anybody. You know, he didn't play his year two year. One was a little muddy in the beginning, got better at the end. So this year, Detroit, you bring in Monty Williams, you've brought in all this talent around him. Cade kind of has to be that guy. Another one for me, of course, is Jalen Duran to stick on Detroit. I think last year he showed his dominance as a big man. I think he showed he can be dominant on the glass. And he has some strides as a ball handler. He can shoot the boys for him. Looks nice. It's hot. I, I think this year is going to be the year where he kind of, like, ups his game more for sure. Jalen Duran plays in game how Mitchell Robinson looks in the preseason. For sure. Jalen's mad strong. Uh, He's strong as hell. Fucking you remember insane. when we were at the Through the Wire show and we walked past him and just like, yo, this is some tall... We were scared ass. of shit. It's a big man. <laughs> we were literally scared of shit. Like, we seen him walk up, we were just like, nah, I'm not even going to say nothing. <laughs> looks mad scary. <laughs> yeah. Nuts. <laughs> um... And then uh, I got two guards up here. I got two more guards up here. Kobe White, man. We're here. Kobe White. Mm, breakout fucking year. No Pat Will, bro? No. Oh, yeah, damn. No. Why Kobe... would a baby claw, man? Listen, man. That shit's dead in the water. Um, but <laughs> He's Kobe, probably going to start for y'all. He, if he doesn't, I don't know. It might be if we go uh, point guard, shooting guard, small forward, he probably starts at the four. But if we go two guards, I think Kobe White, though, like last year, he had a really good year in just terms of processing the game better, making better decisions, being a good shooter. Defensively, he put more effort in. I think he has a really good chance to start this year. And if he does, you can see a definitely a good uptake in his statistics and his game. Another guy for me, Andrew Nemhart. You know, I think he can legitimately be one of the best backup guards in the NBA. You know, he's a great playmaker. I was high on him coming in the draft. Unfortunately, he started for Indiana last year, 63 games. I kind of wanted to see him take that because you mentioned it. When Tyrese is off the court, they take a drop off. I think Nemhart coming off the bench kind of settles that. He can be that guy on offense that can initiate the offense, get the guys in spots, put guys in positions they need to be. He's a really good playmaker. 
And a sleeper, no, another one I got is Marjon Bichamp from it's Milwaukee. It's Listen, that roster is muddy as shit, and they're going to need their <laughs> young players yeah. to step up. I think we can see a lot of Andre and Marjon playing games this year, and I think for him, his size, 6'7", can space the floor. And then my star breakout is Bam Adebayo. I think you can see an uptake in points per game. I think you can see an uptake in aggression this offseason. I mean, this uh, NBA season. I think you can see him really turn into an elite two-way player. You know, he's DPOY. always been. Huh? DPOY. We fucking need one. I mean, it's, it's now That's or Anthony never. Davis is to lose, though. LOL. If um, he plays all 82, it's his. Let's be 100% serious. He's not playing all 82. Let's just let's just wait for the Western Conference preview. Okay. Um, Bam, I think Bam has always hovered around that great two-way player, good two-way player. <laughs> but I think he can literally assert himself this year as an elite two-way player, elite two-way big. And I'm excited to see what Bam does because this team now needs that offense more than ever. Uh-huh. And it's Bam's time to shine. All right, I'm actually going to give a Laker breakout. Uh, last year it was Reeves. Obviously, we see how that hit. Hey, this is Eastern Conference, buddy. Oh, you're but you're, it, you're right. You know what? Thanks, bro. Bro's going to say Max fucking Christie. Maybe <sighs> tune in. Don't be mad when he breaks out and he's like that. He won't play. You he have will play. No, you have no he space for him. We need shooting and he shoots. <laughs> bro said if he plays all 82 games. He's nuts for that. Let's wait for the Western Conference preview. <laughs> you know 80s, 82. If he plays 70, I'll be Fucking excited! When he plays seventy-seven you. games and he wins MVP, wins MVP. That's you, that's what that's what'll happen if he plays all seven. You put thirty dollars and you probably make a million dollars because his odds probably they're probably low. Gutter. But he's probably a top ten MVP candidate. Doubt it. Anthony Davis? Yeah, I, I doubt it. I'll look it up right now. He probably top ten. I, I wouldn't 20. doubt it if he is. Uh, he Who do you be. think has better odds to win MVP, him or Dame? Dame. No, uh, Milwaukee. I think Donovan Mitchell has better odds. Donovan Mitchell has better odds than Anthony. No mm-hmm. way. To win MVP, I guarantee you watch this. No way. Okay, watch this. I cooked. All right, he's not top ten. Who? Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is not top ten. Is Mitchell? But over they him? have LeBron here. Oh, it's LeBron. Right now, they're only showing the top ten. What's wrong with this guy? They have LeBron. Who's the top ten? I'm about to look right now. Hold on one sec. I'd be shocked if Mitchell's over Anthony Davis We're here. MVP. We're here. Can this fucking load for the love of God? Why am I the worst at looking up shit? I hate that it's true. You know, All right, we're here, we're here, we're here, we're here. Cool. All right. Number one is Jokic at plus 450. Number two is Luka at plus 500. Number three, Giannis at 550. Joel Embiid, 650. Jason Tatum, plus 900. Kevin Durant, plus 1,300. Steph Curry is too low, in my opinion, 1,400. Shea's at plus 1,600. Devin Booker's at plus 1,800. And then LeBron's at plus 1,900. I like the Devin Booker. Found one. it. What? Everyone? Yeah. Okay. I'm AD, uh, AD and Donovan are actually back to back. Yeah, it's AD then Donovan. Fuck, I was close. AD is plus 2,900. Donovan is plus 3,400. Why am I so bad at looking shit up? You know who's after Donovan, though? Who? Fox. Darren Fox? Okay. Plus 4,000. Jimmy's nice. plus 5,000. This one, LeBron is not in the top 10. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's, they have Joker, Giannis, Luka, Embiid, Tatum, Kevin Durant. Oh, dude, Curry. I'm, a, I'm an idiot. I was looking up uh, 2023. Oh, wow. You're a fucking... I typed in 2024. <laughs> This guy's an idiot. <laughs> I did in 2024. No. <laughs> Bro, I don't know. Jalen Brunson plus 6,000. What, what about Jalen Brown? He's not up here. Let's be serious. Ant-Man, though, plus 6,000 also. That's, mm. that's nice. That's maybe nice. maybe in like two, The three last years. guy on the right list. Right now, $100 to make 6,000? Zion plus 7,500. Wait till, wait, wait till the Western Coverage preview. Kawhi's the last guy on the list, plus 7,500. Wait for the Western Coverage preview. So bonus is up preview. here, too. So um, you mentioned a sleeper breakout. My sleeper one is Quentin Grimes for the Knicks. He averaged 11 last year, one of the league's best defenders at the guard position. 
But I, I really do feel like Quinn Grimes got some Desmond Bain in him. Mm. Because of the role he's limited to, mm-hmm. he's not going to average a ton of points because you have Brunson, Randall, and RJ over him. And even Emmanuel Quickly, I think, is that fourth scoring option off the bench who is ahead of uh, Quentin Grimes. But Quentin Grimes, to me, is the perfect 3 and D player. And I feel like this year he's going to add more to his game where I can see him averaging 15-plus a, a game and boost his points per game by four. And I think that will be a nice leap for him considering the role that he's currently in. And he did a great job as a three-point shooter last year. Going into the All-Star break, I think he was hovering around 34%, 35% from three to finish at almost 40% from three. He really impressed me last season. Obviously, as a defender, we understand that he's one of the better on the perimeter, but it's a, just a matter of having the opportunity as a scorer if he can show that. Uh, I'm with that. QG should have a great season. We're going to do two TikToks. This is a series where it's contender or pretender. Okay. So I'm going to name teams in East, and you're going to tell me if they're contenders or pretenders. Then next, we're going to do tank or no tank. So teams that should tank in the East or teams that shouldn't tank in the East. So first off, contenders and pretenders. Eastern Conference contenders and pretenders, first name up, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Damn, they're neither. Fuck. They are neither. And this is unfortunate to them. They're not a contender to come out of the East. I I don't believe that yet. Uh, So I'm going to say pretender. Contender. This is a pretender for me. Like you said, until I see Donovan Mitchell elevate in Cleveland, because the last two playoffs he hasn't elevated in the playoffs, I can't put them as contenders. They lost to the Knicks as a favorite team. Even though they made moves in Niang and Max Struess, I don't think those are needle movers, so I'm going to go pretender. The Milwaukee Bucks. Contender, absolutely. Easily contenders. Just got Dame contenders, no doubt. The 76ers. Believe it or not, I think they're a contender. One game away from the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and that was with an injured Joel Embiid. If they're healthy, that's a contending team. I also think they have the roster outlook of a contender. I just think if your two stars can show up, they can actually put a great uh, playoff together. I think they're a contender. You got Nick Nurse to replace Doc Rivers, and then look at the eight-nine-man rotation. It's Harden, Maxi, Tobias, Tucker, Embiid, Patrick Beverly, DeAnthony Melton, Kelly Oubre, Paul Reed. Those are nine good rotational players. They have the roster to be contenders, but Embiid and Harden have to show up in the playoffs. The Boston Celtics. The contender as well. They could be in contention for the best team in the league. You just add Drew Holiday. You upgrade from Malcolm Brogdon to Drew Holiday. You upgrade from Rob Will, who's a great defender, uh, but injury prone. You can't really trust he's going to stay on the court consistently. Uh, to Christos Porzingis. They got significantly better, in my opinion. Contender. Contender. I mean, four all-star players. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum easily. All NBA players. Porzingis, Drew Holiday, even if they don't make the all-star game, their all-star caliber is easily a contender. And the last name, the Miami Heat. I think you still have to give them that respect because at any given moment, they can knock off a top team. They've shown that in the three of the four years. So I'm going to go contender because I do think they still improve their depth. Have to respect them. Three ECFs in the last four years, like Riv mentioned. This is a contending team, even if you may not be infatuated with the talent on the squad. I'm gonna go pretender here. I don't yeah, think surprise, la- surprise. I don't I don't think last last year is something that is repeatable. Surprised? It's not repeatable. They didn't get Dan. They didn't get Bradley Beal. They keep missing out on stars, and eventually they keep coming up short because they don't have the star power, and they're gonna come up short again. This is hilarious because he put Philly as a contender. They got a better roster than Miami, and they come up short with stars. True. Miami has stars. They don't come up short. They don't. Next up. Tank or no tank, there's a ton of teams in the East that are teetering, hovering the line. They are. Eastern Conference, tank or no tank, should these teams tank or should they not? 
first name up, the Atlanta Hawks. I, I don't think that they should tank. I think when you have Trey Young and not even into the prime of his career and just coming off one of his best, arguably his best playoff performance against the Boston Celtics, I don't think this is a team that should be tanking. I'm out of a bit of a groove here. I think they should retool, not tank. Okay. All right. They also were under the radar one of the better offenses in basketball last season also, and that's with Quinn Snyder not even getting a full season with them. This team definitely should not be in the, the tanking discussion. I agree with Riv. I don't think they should tank. I agree with you as well. They should retool. Onyeka should start over Clint Capella. A.J. Griffin should be in the starting lineup. DeJounte, I don't think was a good trade, but he played well in the playoffs. As long as you have Trey Young, you have to keep trying to build this roster around him and competing. Yep. So I'm going to say no tank. Chicago Bulls. Oh, God. We should have been tanked. You I, need a direction. We don't. We, we, we should tank for sure. I don't think. I think. Zach, DeMar, Vooch, they've kind of run their course as a trio, but DeMar's contract is coming up, so hopefully they realize this is a tanking opportunity. Yeah, DeMar's one of the better contracts in the league, and you realize he's not getting paid not nearly as much as Zach Levine. Uh, but this team needs to, to, to at least pick a direction and go towards it, whether it's retool or tank. In my opinion, I, I don't know if this trio of, of players is able to, to really contend for anything. All the moves they've made this offseason indicate no tank. They re-signed Vucevic. They signed Javon Carter. For me, this is a team that should tank. You're not going anywhere with them. Um, you're not going anywhere with Zach Levine being your best player. Oh, what the hell was that for? You're not. You're not. It's just the truth. It's the truth of it. DeMar DeRozan had that one year with the Bulls where he was amazing. He's dropped he off since. Year. He was great, but not like that for the Bulls, a year. It was the that Bulls, month. The Bulls defense does not get spoken about enough of last season. It was just season. that month that year. You know, Black History Month. DeMar put on. He was, putting on he was putting on Wilt numbers. <laughs> literally. Literally. Yeah, it was nuts. He was. As long as the Bulls have this roster, they will always be a middle-of-the-pack team. They should tank. They should go all into the tank. The Brooklyn Nets. This I, is a retooling opportunity. I think um, they they had a good draft, for sure. They have draft picks. They have a, an abundance of draft picks, and they have a solid foundation to bring in a star. So I think retooling is the best thing for them to do because they always are in the business, as we've seen over the last couple of years, that they always bring in stars, bring in stars. They are what we think the Knicks are. They always bring in a high-caliber star. So I think they are always in the business of retooling to keep this roster good and keep this company thriving. To me, I think the Nets should be in the position to tank because right now they're fringe already – in my opinion, I don't even have them as a playing team as of right now. So when your number two scoring option is a Cameron Johnson, who I like as a player, you could just understand that there's a a, a need for talent on this team. I'm going to say tank for the Brooklyn Nets. The difference for me when it comes to the Nets and the Bulls is that the Bulls have old players. DeMar is 34. Vucevic, I believe, is 32. Zach Levine's 28. On the Nets, the two best players are McKellen and Cam Johnson, but they're 27. Nick Claxton's their third best player, and he's, what, 22, 23 years old. They're a team that if they pile up assets, they can go after a star, and they can be a real competitive team. So I think what they're doing now, just staying afloat, is good. You try to get stars with Katie and Kyrie. It didn't work. Just be competitive, have an attractive situation, so the next time it comes up, you can get one of those stars. The Toronto Raptors. Tank, for the love of God. Yeah, this core, unfortunately, isn't winning a thing. They need a new direction, and that should be tanking. They got a new coach. Pascal's on the last year of his deal. He wants Supermax. The Raptors shouldn't give it to him. This is easily a team that should tank in the East. 
I was going to name other teams, but I was like, you know what? I, I don't think it's necessary. Most of the young teams aren't in a tanking business. They're kind of like trying to like. The I, only other team is the Knicks. And yeah, absolutely not. I, wouldn't, I would just say retool. Honestly, I think the Knicks are on a trade Randall. That's the, upward trend. They are. We got a young team. Brunson gives me hope if I'm a Knicks fan. I would never have hope until they remove that guy at the four. Okay. That's it. Okay. He has to go. But I feel like with Brunson at being so great Brunson offensively, great. it really it should relieve pressure off Randall that I don't need it's just, to it's not be even, it's the a guy. Shot. Like, he, no matter what happens, he's going to take terrible shots. Isn't it so crazy, the perception of Brunson last year compared to this year walking into the season? That's what's amazing about... What a year can do. Yeah, absolutely. 30 after January, 31 against the Heat. Jalen Brunson is him. Man. It's insane he's how amazing. Jimmy continues to do what he does and you still hate what am I hitting it? You they, really think they're they, they can come out the East? East. They have a chance. Did you think they could come out of the East last year? No, of I course didn't. he did. Okay, so when they did it, right? You didn't believe. Did it you then. think they, they could come out it. the East in a bubble? Probably not. No, no. You didn't I have know. them beating Milwaukee when he's coming. That was that the? Well, let's be serious. No, I can answer. I didn't believe easy. in Milwaukee. No, I actually had the Heat beating Milwaukee. In that, in Milwaukee you probably in believed in Boston or not Philly, Boston or Toronto. It was Boston, Toronto, because Boston and Toronto were the two and three. Uh, Milwaukee was the one, right? Am I wrong? Yes. And then Miami was four. No, Milwaukee might have been. No, yeah, you're right. Because right. that was that was Giannis' MVP season. Pretty much, you never believed in Miami. I had the Heat beating the Bucks in a bubble, though. I, our podcast goes that far back, and we can anybody could search it up. I Giannis think you had Boston injured. beating them, though. I probably did. I know. Yeah, I just like did. you always have Boston beating. You them. Probably had Boston beating them too. I actually did not. I. Nah, maybe I do. I'm gonna go far back and I'm, I'm gonna look it up. Look it up. After, I, after I know I had uh, Heat last year. I know that's when you were hating on the Raptors. Definitely had them losing every round. Yeah, yeah. you were hating on Raptors that year. So. Was it hate or was just know. telling the truth about them? I went to. They went to seven. They were against good. Celtics. They couldn't generate offense efficiently. They couldn't. I guess they were mad at me for saying that. And they said I said they couldn't go far with Pascal as their number one. Well, they were a game away from going to ECF. Oh, good God, greatness! Oh. Is that wrong? I mean, it's cool. They were a really good team. They were solid. Yeah. Stop hating. I'm not hating. The truth came out. Look at them now. The thing is that I think you guys are saying the Heat can make it to the finals because... They did it this past they, season they just when they did it. have. Correct. But, uh, I mean, it's no different than if we're just going from a season-to-season basis. When the Suns made the finals, mm-hmm. and then walking into the next season, they they had Suns Miami didn't pretenders. play three hurt they teams. I, don't, I disagree with that, though. The Suns... Giannis was hurt. But the Suns came oh, off... Yeah. They came played, off the though. finals appearance, and they were and the number Tatum one got seed hurt in the West. So you're comparing that to Kawhi not playing a single game in the series, uh, Jamal Murray not playing a single game, and then what, AD missing three to four games? AD's comparable sure. to the Giannis injury. That's fine. But Kawhi missed a series. Tatum didn't miss a series. That Jaylen game Brunson seven was played. really important, though. Yeah, Kawhi's game game one, two, three, four, five, and six were really important. Kawhi wasn't I'm just saying, either. I think that even if a team makes the finals, if they don't make the requisite moves to get back there, they're not automatic contenders. But again, like I just said, the Suns came off the finals appearance and were the best team in basketball in the regular season. They were. But we def- a lot of people had them with a raised eyebrow, though. I think that was only after the Pelican series, though, where they looked human. I don't know. I had the Mavericks beating them in that series. I don't know. I felt pretty damn confident about the Suns. I don't know. I just think... I just think if you don't... The difference with the Heat is that they were an eighth seed... They didn't make the requisite moves to get better. They lost two rotational players. 
you know, to me, they just don't stack up with the top teams in the East. Like, but they never do. They don't have the talent of the Celtics, the Bucks, or the Sixers. The Bucks getting Dame was a huge upgrade. Mm-hmm. The Heat were able to beat the Bucks in two of the games that they played them in the playoffs off of clutch moments from Jimmy Butler. I don't think that happens if Dame is there. The no, no, yeah, but also the Bucks choked. Oh, the listen, I'm definitely, the I'm definitely not taking the Heat over the Bucks or the Celtics. Yeah, like, and with the Celtics, you got two All Stars. The, the Sixers Drew Holiday really like if you you have the Boston because we all love Drew, but if you have Boston and you have the Heat, does Drew Holiday really change the deficiency of how, of how Miami beats Boston? He doesn't. I think it does. What does he change? At least now he's a turnover have... machine, machine point guard. He's inefficient in the playoffs. And Jimmy Miami feeds off Drew. Boston's turnovers. But now you have you have four players that can guard Jimmy Butler. In a, in a, Who can guard Jimmy Butler? It's Tatum. He just, Tatum, proved, Drew. Jimmy, Drew, he just proved Drew can't. He's right. And who's Drew, the other four? De- Drew Derek White. Jimmy got the better of Drew in that series, but I still think that Drew will guard him great. If they play again, I don't feel. Com- Do you feel confident? I feel confident. I don't. You I can't don't. feel. You, that, that's 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 I don't. not even. He put up. He sense. put up historic numbers. He was. Listen, Jimmy Butler was phenomenal against against anybody. Wait, who's the fourth guy though? That's who I'm wondering also. Derek White. Ah, oh, come on, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he needs help, but still. Yeah. No, listen. And the Sixers, they're to me like borderline. It's just the talent. They have more talent than the Heat. Yeah. And I think if they were to meet in the playoffs, if Embiid is healthy, Embiid should get the better of that Bam matchup. Yeah, I just think like. Against Miami, nobody's going to outcoach Spo. You know, nobody's going to defensively, nobody's going to play better defense defense than them. It's just the offense, which I understand Boston has hella offense, but they are probably Miami is probably the one team in the East that scares Boston more than any other team. So let me ask you something. If um if the Miami Heat lose, let's say they face the Cavaliers in the playoffs, would you be shocked if the Cavs beat them and knock them off in the playoffs? Given the current roster construction, so just under the assumption that Heat don't make like a buyout move or a trade for somebody, I would, because I don't think the Cavs match up with uh, Miami like that. I I personally wouldn't be that that surprised. That's because you're, you're looking at it from just straight talent. I'm looking at it just from the matchup perspective. I, was say, of it. I mean, did the Cavs? I mean, I know you picked the Knicks over the Cavs. That's fair. But were you expecting a dominating performance from the Knicks over the Cavaliers? No, they looked not anywhere near what we all expected them to look like. To to make a statement like that against a team that just made it to the finals, that took out the number one seed, that took out the number two seed, that's tough for me to sit with. I think the run, you can appreciate the run for what it was. But Jimmy Butler in the playoffs, amazing. Bam Adebayo continues to get better. Eric well, with Spolstra, Mobley and with, Jared with, Allen in that but, front court. But Mobley and Jared Allen, neither I'm, of them I'm being were rude. They looked, they looked regular in that series. That's because Mitchell our, Robinson outplayed both of them. That Our offense isn't reliant on... Front court players like Jalen Brunson dominated that series. And Neither is RJ Cleveland. Had some good games. Neither is Cleveland. You mean Miami? No, I'm saying like Cleveland is a reliant on front court offense. I know At that's all. what I'm saying. But like with the Heat and Bam Adebayo, you, he's a major part of that offense. Hundred percent. So I think if Mobley and Allen neutralize him, Jimmy Butler is going to get his way. Mm-hmm. But I think Darius Garland gets his way in that series. Jimmy Butler, does he stick Mitchell? Maybe so. Probably. And I, I don't I'm not counting on Mitchell to have this amazing series, but I think Garland will show up. I think that to me is an even matchup series. I will say I'm worried about that's the, the tier I have the heat in. I'm worried about the backcourt play of the Miami Heat. No Gabe. Taylor uh, Tyler, excuse me, Tyler Hero does come back. Kyle Lowry as of right now is it's I think Jaime can fill in the role screws. You think Jaime's gonna play immediately and get yes. active minutes? Okay. And I think he can be better because he's bigger. He's a better defender. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a and he's a better um 
decision maker than Screws. Screws was just a, sh- a shooter, and respect to Screws, he's a good player. Um, I think like I just think Miami, like Miami, I think matches up with Boston. I think they match up. I don't think they match up with the Bucks, you know. But I, but then we just because now you bring in Dame, who like you said, completely changes that offense. But I think Philly matches up with the Bucks. Like I, I think in terms of mat, like match, the East is matchup dependent. Like the Philly and the Bucks could be a nasty ass series. Like Philly matches up comfortably with the Bucks. Yeah, with Miami. They just match up so well with Boston and what they want to do. I just can't c- confidently say, oh, Boston's clear right going to beat them. You know, yep. I'll have to think about it, see how it goes. Cleveland, for me, they I just got to see it. You know, I just got to see how they – because even then, their front court could cause trouble for Bam. But unless you're a high-caliber center, like an elite center, Bam has no issue with being the most dominant big down low in terms of defense, you mm-hmm. know, even against Giannis, Giannis was dominant number wise, but when fourth quarters came up, Bam was on him. Bam did a good job of neutralizing him, making him more comfortable. And I think he can do the same thing to Jerry Allen and Evan Mobley in terms of the, the per- perimeter players for uh, Cleveland. It's hard for them to find a mismatch in that, on that defense to where Spo doesn't have a counter for, you know, like in a pick and roll. Sure. So it's just, Maybe my trust is just in Spo and figuring it out. And then Bam and Jimmy, they've been the consistent two guys. But, um, of course, we'll have to see it towards the end of the year. But I do think you still got to keep Miami in that conversation because schematically they're one of the best teams in the East. Defensively, you know, that zone is a, a pretty dangerous zone for them. And Cleveland doesn't even have a, a big man that can really destroy that zone. No. So, you know, it's tough. But I get what you're saying. You know, like, they haven't made any – groundbreaking move any real moves in the offseason so it's tough and we wanted them to make a move but I'll, I'll still keep them in the contender until now what's your statement your statement sound like i wouldn't be surprised if miami does these things because i've seen them do it already but my contenders is kind of am i counting on it right like so am i counting on them to do it right now it, it's it's a hard no it. for me that's interesting though uh i don't mean this to to go into anything combative Last season, you felt very comfortable saying that the West had six contenders yes. at one point in time, right? Yes. So, to to not have the same leniency with the team that just made it to the finals, even though the talent on paper wasn't overwhelming, to not at least give them that respect is questionable. The West, to me, though, is just it's wild. And there, there were so many great teams. Like, to me... There's around the same number of contenders in the West and the East this season. This year, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Last year, going into the season, no. I think that last year, going into the season, the West was a was a crapshoot. See, the thing is, I don't disagree with yeah, that. Where, like, the Nuggets, yes. The Lakers, they always had the injury problems, right? But mm-hmm. if they were healthy, they're contenders. The Warriors with Steph, contenders. The Suns. The Suns, you know. As long as they stood healthy, they didn't. They weren't healthy, but they were contenders too if things went right. And even with Kevin Durant, the depth just mm-hmm. shot them in the foot. And then a team like um, at one point we had the you had the Mavs in there. I had no, I don't think they had the Mavs in the contenders early on with the six teams. I had the Timberwolves in the contenders, the Timberwolves, and they were just never healthy. The Mavs just came off the EC uh, the Western Conference Finals. I I'm yeah, almost I positive you had the Mavs in there. I don't remember the six though. Yeah, I don't know, I know if you for I sure had didn't them. Have Memphis, so I, yeah, I might have not. That was the, the and then the, the Kings. I might have not had. I didn't have, the Kings, have the Kings as contenders. No you way. Didn't have the Kings. Um, the Clippers contenders. Oh yeah. Oh, also, yes. Lakers, Warriors, Clippers, Nuggets. The Timberwolves are the five. Did you have I think the Lakers? It, I think as it was contenders. Dallas. No, I don't think you had the Lakers. You didn't have the Lakers. Uh, you didn't have you, the Lakers. Oh no, no, no. I'm no, telling yeah. you, you might have had the Kings. 
No, he didn't have vacation. No, I didn't have vacation. Not before the season started. I'm saying like two months into the season. No, he still didn't have vacation. Do you remember when we had that sit down and you were having an aneurysm over him saying there's a They could beat the Warriors. Was it the Pelicans? No, I never had the Kings as contenders. I had the Pelicans as contenders. Yes. And them to me, I mean, still... If things I'm not go upset right, with you. yeah, like, but those the, are, but that's a, that's a, the same thing with Miami. The Pelicans are a. How much do you? What was the saying you said? How much do uh? Do you uh, trust? Do you trust them to do it with the Pels? If you give them that leeway, you got to give Miami the same leeway. The difference is though, that going into last season, in the Western Conference, there wasn't a true dominant yes. team in the West. Like going into this year, we know that well. Whoever's in the West has to match up with Denver. Mm-hmm. And if you cannot match up with Denver, you're not a true contender and you cannot beat them. So I'm kind of going into this season with that same mindset right. with the East where like the Bucks and the Sixers, I'm looking at those teams and the Cavaliers too. I'll, I'll group them in here too. Is like, do I think any of them can beat the Celtics and the Bucks in a seven game series? And right now I, I don't think I cannot say yes to that. So to me, like if you cannot beat those teams and I don't view you as a contender where last year, the West, I'm like, it's very matchup dependent. Like the Kings lost to the Warriors, but let's say if the Kings face the Grizzlies the first round, I think that's a that's a series that could go to Kings' way. If the Lakers matched up with the Warriors first round, the Warriors don't make it past the first round. The Lakers win. You know, I thought just the Western Conference was very matchup dependent. Same thing with the lucky. Timberwolves. Like the Timberwolves faced the Nuggets in the first round, but I thought if they faced the Grizzlies in the first round. That's a series, given with the Grizzlies' injuries, they could have capitalized on, especially since they were getting healthy. I just feel like the West is super matchup dependent, and there's so many great teams to, like, the point that there are playoff teams that will miss the playoffs in the West, where in the East, like, really, after the first six teams, we're looking at it, and it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the West is going to be very reliant on health and all these other things. The Kings were the third seed last year, and... I'd be shocked if any of you guys had the Kings as a top four seed going into this year. I don't. Just a spoiler alert. No. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference with the West okay, to me. I get that. Yeah. Eastern Conference standings predictions. Riv, you can go first. You see my computer is an open. I'll go first. Yeah. I didn't even know. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I'll go open. first. Um, number one seed, Milwaukee Bucks. I think they have been a model consistency in the regular season. Last season finished up top the Eastern Conference. Finished as one of the hottest teams in basketball, too. Uh, now you add Damian Lillard, of course. We already anticipate this to be one of the most exciting teams to watch in basketball. Uh, number two, Boston Celtics. Adding Drew Holiday, adding Christos Porzingis to an already amazing team. Uh, last season, I, I fully ant- anticipated them being the top seed in the Eastern Conference, but Milwaukee just proved to be that much better. But still, finishing one and two, these should be your top two teams in the conference. Number three, this is so long as James Harden's on the team, they will be the third seed in the Eastern Conference. I believe that this team is being underrated solely for situation purposes and what's going on in the media b- b- between James Harden and Philadelphia. But right now, he's reported. He's practicing with the guys. He's in shape. This team, with all that we already spoke about in nauseam with it, this team is talented and has a lot of depth at the rotation. Number four, Cleveland Cavaliers. This team got better from last season where they improved in their in their strong need, and that's players on the wing. You add Strews, you add Twin, George's Niang. Riv, do you still believe in Isaac Okoro? I didn't hear you talk about him in your breakout players, bro. I was trolling, man. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. That's pretty interesting and heartbreaking to hear, actually. <laughs> your, your spirit's been broken, and I pray for you, brother. Yeah. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers should be better. Another year with Donovan Mitchell, another year of Evan Mobley, another year of Darius Garland. This is a talented roster 
We already know that they're going to be great. Have them finishing four. Five, I'm paying homage to to the Miami Heat here. I don't have them as a regular season team. But like Riv mentioned earlier in the show, I don't think they can go the route that they took last year where they were a playing team. They had to play two playing games. They had to play the top seed, number one, uh, Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. They had to go and play against the, the Knicks, which was ended up being the easier of the, the three series for them. Well, I should say the second easy because they absolutely handled Milwaukee. And then going up against Boston Celtics and, and going up 3-0 and then going back down to getting the series tied 3-3. They just had a, a, a very tough road. I think they need to be better in the regular season to not put themselves in that position. Number six, New York Knicks. Now, this one was tough because I like the Knicks roster, and it really is centered around Jalen Brunson and the energy that he brings to the New York Knicks. Uh, This roster is talented. It's coming in with the same starting five of last season with Jalen Brunson, QG, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson. Uh, But adding Adante DiVincenzo to the the rotation as well, Josh Hart and him playing great uh, towards the end of the season once he was acquired at the trade deadline. This Knicks roster is very impressive, and I have them as a top six just to to give them a confidence boost. Of a, I don't see them falling off tremendously. I do think that these this is a playoff lock in the New York Knicks. Number seven, Atlanta Hawks. Uh, adding Co- uh, Kobe Bufkin in the draft, adding Patty Mills, that's adding some shooting to an offense that was already great last season. Quinn Snyder now gets a full season coaching the Hawks. Uh, A.J. Griffin, like I said, is one of my breakout players. I'm expecting him to have a, a more prominent role. And really, it's it's centered around... How great Trey Young can continue to lead a, a top offense. I think that he's going to be more than able to do so. Number eight, this is where I slot in Indiana. Uh, last season, Joel has mentioned it a ton in his belief in Reese, and it's understandable and validated. He's one of the best passers in the game. Uh, he was number one in assists last season. He, he led or number two, or was it, was it James Harden? Number one was Tyrese assists per game. It was got it. One. All right. Yeah. So Tyrese Halliburton was phenomenal last season, and when he got hurt, obviously. It changed the landscape of Indiana's Indiana season where they were in the playoff picture when Tyrese was playing. He got hurt and did come back towards the end of the season. They just weren't able to recover. But adding Bruce Brown, adding Obi Toppin, they made moves to be better than they were last season. It'll be interesting to see how they handle the Buddy Heald situation. But if he's on this team, this team should be a play-in lock. It was hard in number one. It was hard. I thought so. Got it. Uh, number nine, you said I disrespected them. I'm playing them respect. I do think that, that they are a playing team. I have the Chicago Bulls here finishing in the ninth spot. Uh, but my notes aren't kind to them. It's dot, dot, dot. What the fuck are they doing? Uh, and again, it's because I, I want them to have direction. They're a team in no man's land. I love Levine. I like DeMar. It's unfortunate what's happened with Lonzo. Caruso is one of the best perimeter defenders in the game. Adding Javon to, to add to that perimeter defense was also under, you know, one of the more under-the-radar moves, of course. But they're just simply just not where you would want them to be. The trio of Levine, DeMar, and Vooch is... The ceiling's only so high, and they fell off last season. I think they're going to be around the same that they were the previous season. Uh, The defense, maybe it won't be as good, but that's the the bright spot that I'm looking towards. Uh, Number 10... I'm putting my confidence in the Hornets, and I know that I've been a huge Magic advocate. I do love the talent on the Magic, but we've seen when the Hornets are healthy with Miles Bridges and LaMelo, they were able to lock in to the 10th spot two seasons in a row. LaMelo's rookie season and his sophomore year. Miles Bridges is back. 
second season of Mark Williams. We understand how great of a presence he is on the defensive side of the ball. Terror Rozier, Gordon Hayward. Uh, now you draft Brandon Miller. Hopefully he's a, a good part and, and has himself a, a strong rookie campaign. But it begins with LaMelo Ball and whether he's on the court or not. When he's healthy, when he's on the court, he is one of the premier players, one of the more premier young players in the league. Uh, he continues to shoot the three ball well. I already mentioned it already. 11 attempts, shot 40% from three. It's just a matter of evolving, getting to the basket. That's one of your guys' critiques, and it's fair. He just needs to find different ways of scoring the basketball to make the game easier on him. He's great in transition. He's a great passer. He's going to make sure that this offense is great. I'm just interested to see how the defensive side of the ball is going to perform, but I think that it'll play at a pretty solid level. Number 11, this is where I have the Orlando Magic just missing out on the play-in, adding Jed Howard, Anthony Black in the draft. Of course, you add Joe Ingles. You do add some shooting. Uh, but I just think this team's a year away. They need another year of Boncaro. Year three will be his year. Listen, Boncaro can have a great season this year. Franz, we all have him as a breakout candidate this year, averaging almost 19 points per game last season. We do believe that he can crack into that 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 20 to, to 24 points per game range. He's a talented guy. I just think this team's too young, and I think they're a year away from really solidifying themselves as a play-in playoff team. Number 12, and this is mostly due to the question mark that is the Toronto Raptors. You don't know who's going to be on the team by year's end or by the trade deadline. Is Pascal Siakam going to be with the team? Is Gary Trent going to be with the team? Ojeana Nobi has been consistently in trade rumors as well. The one player that you know will be on the team will be a Scotty Barnes. Again, I think he will have a solid season because we see his usage go up. But there's too many question marks surrounding this team. First year head coach, you don't understand or you don't know, again, the consistency or the continuity that will be of this team. So I have them sliding at 12 just out of respect because if this team is still put together with the same kind of guys, respect's still not even that great. They're not a playing team. You just, their ceiling's limited and it's been shown over the last couple of seasons. Number 13, the Brooklyn Nets. We spoke about it a lot. Don't trust the, just the, the overall talent of the squad. They have a lot of good players very few great players. The only great player you look at is a Mikael Bridges. And I will respect Nick Claxton as a great player because he is fringe elite. If you called him elite defensively, I wouldn't knock you at all. He was amazing last season. But they just don't have the overall talent to stack up with the other guys. And rounding it out, 14, I have the Pistons. I don't think that they're ready yet. I'm excited to see Cage return. Uh, definitely excited to see Osar's rookie campaign, Jalen Duren. Uh, but again, this team's too young. Don't think they're ready. And last place in contention for the number one overall pick, the Washington Wizards. I'm going to just rattle off my list. I ain't going to do all that talking. Uh, you did a great job. We do a podcast. No, I, we, we talk. I'm not I being, appreciate it. You did amazing. Thanks, man. I just don't feel like it. So just, how you can break it down, Rev? Just go from playoff locks, play-in lottery. I was just going to go 1 to 15. Quick. That's the tier. We did the tiers already. Just go 1 to 15. Go. Okay, yeah. So, number one, I got Boston. Obviously, they got Drew. Number two, I got Milwaukee. I think Cleveland would slot in at three. You know, and I think Miami, I mean, pardon me, I think Philly at four, Miami at five. I think the Knicks coming at six. This is my hot one. Chicago at seven, really? baby. See, I told you, man. Yeah, I got oh, Chicago. No, you, you said six I had an issue with. Yeah, got it. Chicago at seven. Atlanta, I got them at eight. Indiana, mm -hmm. I got at nine. Orlando, for me, Tough. jumps at ten. I respect that. Charlotte is right there at 11. I got Toronto at 12, 13. Oh, we're is on Brooklyn. the same wavelength. Pretty much. 13 is Brooklyn. 14, sadly, is Detroit. And then 15 is my favorite team. I'm interested to hear Joel's. 
these are the standings predictions. So this is not an indication of how I think these teams will perform in the playoffs, just the regular season. Correct. Number one seed, I got the Celtics. Number two seed, I got the Cavaliers. Number three, I got the Bucks. I think the Bucks are an older team. They're going to rest more in the regular season. They won't fall below the top three seeds, but I don't think they're going to go as hard in the regular season to secure a top, top seed. I like the Cavs at two, honestly. Number four, I got the Sixers. Number five, I got the Heat. Number six, I got the Knicks. Number seven, I have the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Number eight, the Hawks. Number nine, the Bulls. Number 10, the Nets. Then the teams outside the playing a lottery, 11, the Magic, 12 Hornets, but I think that's very interchangeable. 13 Raptors, 14 Pistons, and 15 Wizards. I like that a lot. I, I had a feeling Pacers would be on the the uh, the, the higher side of the, the play-in. That made sense. Cavaliers at two makes sense because they have a lot of talent. They did get better in the wing position. Uh, the fact that Isaac Okoro now becomes the what their fourth string, third string. Got, wing. I think they got better spacing wise, but defensively it's still an issue. But defensively, they still were the number one defensive team in the league yeah. last season. They're just they, a team that they have. The they're going to play like with the Celtics. Chris Osporzingis, Drew Holiday, those are question marks in terms of if they're going to play a whole season. Mostly Porzingis, mm-hmm. Tatum, Jalen Brown, Lock not even in their Agreed. prime yet. They're super young. They're going to play almost every game. The Cavaliers, they're going to play almost every game. With the Bucks, is Middleton, Lopez, Giannis, oh, game. Are they going to all play yeah. every game? I don't think so. You know, And that's where the Sixers, to me, if the Sixers really go all out and Harden's bought in, they could easily be a top-two seed in, in the Eastern Conference. And the Knicks are a regular season team. You know, I think they're going to play hard. They're going to play every single game. They have young players. The Heat, I don't feel great about being in the top five just because they are just an injury away to their stars to being – a lottery team, like really like Adebayo or Jimmy, if they're out for 10 games, they can go like three and seven. They almost want, I mean, they were a 44 win team last season. They were the seven seed did lose to the Hawks, which was pretty shocking. Uh, but I don't hate the idea that they could be a fifth seed when what the fifth seed last season won forty seven games. Yeah, it was it wasn't nothing crazy. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that they can get by that that total and, and get to the fifth seed. Yeah, the Pacers at six? Seven. seven. That's good I was I like debating them between seven and six, but I think the Knicks have more talent. I like that. I like that. But the Pacers, I you know, I think they should make the playoffs. I think they're a playing lock for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe that. Sorry. I do believe that firmly they're a playing lock for sure. The Hawks at eight you had, Riv? Yeah. Would you have the Hawks at eight as I well? Eight, okay, yeah. that's fine. I think they're better a better team than the Bulls. I think so too. I don't, I don't hate it. Would you have the Bulls? At nine. So, yeah, yeah. We all have them in seven, eight, nine is the same for all of us. You know what, bro? So. I didn't lock in. Who's 10? The Nets. You do have the Nets, man. Yeah. I love that we all have. Seven, eight, nine, all Hornets. of us are pretty much the same. No, one through nine, we're locked. I love that the 10 spot. Charlotte, Hornets, Nets, Magic. Hornets. I love that. They were here. They were here. Drew, if, you wanna, if you want to rattle off your list for the TikTok, okay. edit, you S- can do it. Sounds good. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> all right, number one, I do have the Milwaukee Bucks. Number two, the Boston Celtics. Number three, Philadelphia. Number four, the Cleveland Cavaliers, number five, Miami Heat, number six, New York Knicks, number seven, the Atlanta Hawks, number eight, the Pacers, number nine, the Bulls, ten, I do have Charlotte getting back into the play-in picture, number 11, Orlando Magic, just a year away, number 12, I have Toronto, 13, I have the Nets, and 14, Pistons, 15, Wizards. Now, next week, Western Conference preview show. We're here. 
We're I like I, this. Basketball I, season's back. I wore this jersey on purpose. Pay homage to my GOAT. The GOAT. Western Conference preview, we locked I like in. that we have 7-8-9. We all have the same teams, different order. You have the Pacers finish at 7. You have Hawks, I have Bulls. Yep. And I like how we have something different at 10. That I is do, pretty I cool. I do really like that. Something different. So one of us can only be right. Cavs at 2. Well, I have them at 3. You could. True. I have them at 4. Pretty interesting. I like that. Right? Uh, Who do you have at 1? Milwaukee. Celtics. Celtics. All right, I like that. I get the Celtics. Something I different. was really de- debating between it, but I think Milwaukee... Finishing first last season when I don't think that they were a better team than the Celtics impressed me. Giannis is going to give him forty wins, so easily. Yeah, and Dame is. Yeah, Dame and Giannis is going to be the most fun duo to watch in basketball next season, and that's saying something. As you know, I love LeBron and AD. Just behind Shangoon and Jalen Green, and and the show. Or SGA. You're not a Shangoon fan, huh? Not a Shangooni fan. That was nuts to say. <laughs> that's, that's my breakout candidate. Western you didn't Conference, even say right? him. Oh, we're in, you're in the East. That's why. Shanguni. No, he's, he's that man. And Jalen Green. Chen Holmgren. Is that what you said? I didn't say anything. I said, said SJ uh, and who? J-Dub. Respect. Real. Respect. Real. J-Dub is awesome. He's a breakout guy. Sure. You know, his birthday is the same week as mine. Really? We're here. It's lit. So now, before we end off the show, we're going to hair. do some mojo props. Is that who you model it after? No, I've modeled this hair before he's in the league. You know what I'm talking about, right? When yeah. you don't have your hair in the braids. Yeah, you talk about uh, Jalen, not J-Dub. You talk about Jalen. No, I'm talking about J-Dub. Oh, well, I I had this hair before he was in the league. Got it. So, we're in love with Mojo Fantasy. It's a crazy new app that turns sportsbook odds and selections into fantasy contests. Here's how it works. There are thousands of NFL and MLB player props. You build a portfolio, and the better your portfolio performs, the more cash you win. Pick as many props as you want and try to beat the crowd. It's a whole new way to play fantasy. The props act like stocks, so you can buy and sell live all game long. It's the only fantasy app that lets you make moves after the game starts. So you're not stuck with the bad pick. You can cash in on a hot start or just hang on or let them ride. That's it. Make picks, make moves, make money. Check it out on the Apple App Store. They're coming to more states and adding more sports soon. We have three games here that we'll be reading off props on and I'm going to give you the line. You just say over, under. Jaguars at Bills, London, 9.30 a.m. game. Trevor Lawrence, 248 and a half passing yards. So there's been a lot of conversation about this defensive line of the Buffalo Bills and how it's been pretty bruised and battered. Vaughn might play. Vaughn might play. He is questionable. Greg is out. Gregory Rousseau is out. Uh, he should hit the over on this one. The offense has struggled. Uh, this isn't a great matchup for the Bills, but with all, excuse me, for the Jaguars, but with the injuries, he should have a good day. The secondary has been performing well for the Bills this year. Um, I think uh, Jordan, he's scheduled to play. Ben Ford's playing, so I think that's good. Of course, Trey White out for this Trey season. Trey White is unfortunately out. So I think the first game, no Trey White, they'll adjust. So I would probably go to Oprah on this one. As long as their receivers can catch the ball this game, they should be fine. I think this is turn turn into a battle between Lawrence and Allen. I'm going to go the over on this prop as well. He also has another prop. So the Jaguars props are Lawrence 248 and a half passing yards. One and a half passing touchdowns, Travis Etienne, 66 and a half rushing yards, and Ridley's at 57 and a half receiving yards, and so is Christian Kirk. I just can't trust Ridley yet. Uh, it's just one I don't feel comfortable with just because of the in- inconsistency that he's shown so far in the season. Uh, Christian Kirk has been pretty consistent with this team, uh, just the volume that he sees outside of week one. Uh, 
If I had to choose one more. Say the lines again, please. Tra- Trevor Lawrence, one and a half. Uh, Travis Etienne, what was it? 60, 65 and a half. 65 and a half. Rushing? Yeah. And Ridley and Kirk are both at 57 and a half. You know, Ridley's uh, fan base was so loud after week one. They, have, they haven't spoken since. For me, I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence. One and a half passing touchdowns, the over on that. Josh Allen is also one and a half passing touchdowns. That's his that's, that's his line. That's easy. I'm going Lawrence and Allen. Both have two touchdowns in this game. That's what I'm going with. Yeah, I think I would play it safe with you. So I'd go Lawrence, uh, Josh, both over one and a half passing. I think those are the safe bets for sure. And Stephon Diggs is at 87 and a half receiving oh. yards. To be honest with you, that should be an over as well. What's Gabe Davis? They have Gabe's line? 42 and a half. I might go Gabe. You just because Jags secondary is not good. I'm going to take Gabe over. I think Gabe has a big one today. I'm tomorrow. Pardon me. Mm-hmm. I think he has a big two two catches, 95 yards on some shit like that. Like Gabe, is he's due for one of those, so I'll go Gabe. It's, it's big play. It's big game Gabe. That's what they call him. It's a big game, London. The three props I'm going with, Lawrence and Allen over one and a half passing touchdowns, and I'm going Stephon Diggs, 87 and a half receiving uh, yards over. I'm going to go Trevor's over on yards. I'm going to go Josh's over on touchdowns. And yet, Stephon Diggs over on yards seems like a lock also. He's been unbelievable so far this season. I'll go Trevor's over on passing touchdowns. Same with Josh Allen over on passing touchdowns. And I'll go Gabe Davis yards over. Next game, Chiefs at Vikings. These Mm. are the lines for the Chiefs. And I'll read off the ones for the Vikings. Please just give me the uh, Jettis line. Mahomes, 291.5 passing yards. 2.5 passing touchdowns. Kelsey, 80.5 receiving yards. Rasheed Rice, 35.5. MVS, 25.5. Then for the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, 298 and a half mm. passing yards, two and a half passing touchdowns, and Jefferson's receiving line is at 170, 107 and a half. I was one, I threw up. Jefferson's at 107 and a half receiving yards. Do you Hawkinson, have Madison's rushing line? It's at like 50. Do they have Jetta's uh, TD? Nope. I say that because Madison going up against this Chiefs run defense that has been elite to start this season. I don't love the matchup for him. 56 and a half rushing yards. I'm going to go under on Madison. Um, I think Mahomes is due for a blow-up game. I don't count the Bears because the Bears, even though they did just have a good performance against Washington, their defense is not great. I don't hold that one to much regard when you're the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that he's due, and I think against this Minnesota secondary, he has himself a baller game. I'll go Jetta's yards over. I like Rasheed Rice's yards over. And I'm going to go Travis Kelsey's yards over. I think this would be a high-powered offensive game. I think Vikings can put up points with damn near anybody in the league. I think the Chiefs also do for a bounce-back game. And the Vikings are going to have to score because their defense is going to allow a lot of points. So those are my three. Kirk Cousins has been a 300-yard machine this season. He has. I'm going to go the under on his passing yards, though. I, I think the Chiefs defense is great. Zach Wilson had a blow-up game against them. But I think they contain this Vikings offense, so... I'm going under on Kirk's passing yards. I'm going to go over on MVS's receiving yards, 25 and a half. That's two receptions for him. I think he'll get that. And then the last prop I'm going to go with, it's really difficult because these are some interesting lines. I'm going to also tell you Alexander Madison under his rushing yards prop, 56 and a half, I believe. For sure. I mean, Chiefs defense really has done a great job. They allowed one big run, and that was to Brees Hall. Other than that, they've really been pretty clamps the entire season. And the last game we're going to talk about, the Jets at Broncos. Oh, my Lord. To rattle off the Jets line, you know, this is a rivalry game. This has been brewing since the offseason. Personal. Jets lines, Zach, 207, 207 and a half passing yards. 
one and a half passing touchdowns, Brees Hall, 61 and a half rushing yards, and Garrett, 60 and a half receiving yards. Are there any that you're taking so from here? The Broncos' rush defense right now is 32nd in the league. It's horrendous. Brees Hall should hit his over. There's no longer handcuffs on his snap count. They're finally saying that he's full go, ready to go. Brees Hall should have an unbelievable game. I'm staying away from Zach. With all due respect, our defense is terrible. I understand it. But you cannot feel confident in Zach, especially putting money on him to be successful. Um, Russell over 227. Now, here's the issue. The Jets' defense has been fucking phenomenal against quarterbacks. The only efficient quarterback was Dak Prescott. But other than that, Mahomes got limited. Josh Allen was horrendous. Both of the two, honestly, did not play their best game by any means. And then Mac Jones, who ended up winning the game, but they didn't, he didn't do anything special. It was really that one big play that resulted in a touchdown. I want Russ to be successful, but it's another line that I don't feel great just because your defense has been so good. I'll take the Brees line pretty easily. The I mean, Brees line is like my Denver prop of the day. Come on, good. bro. Come on. I'm sorry. This Denver defense is horrible. Thank you. Not, no, this team is horrible. Fuck they're not, you. They're not good, bro. <laughs> they're not a good team. This is a this is a hilarious rivalry. I remember in the summer you guys was hyping up this matchup, and now look at us here. This is hilarious. still a hyped up matchup. Yeah, you guys suck. <laughs> you guys are not good. Screw you. Not everyone can root for I'm the Eagles going. The I'm going Jets. I'm going Jets across the board. I'm accepting you. Pull up. To where? Philly. I can't, you can't go that. to Buffalo. I can't do that. Why? You already went to Washington. You already went to the Giants. I, Washington. More, Washington. I just you listen, might as respect well, to Sammy. Aren't you a Smitty guy? Mid. I can. I do love I Smitty. Can put in the office. And listen, Drew here is a. You know what I'm saying? All right, bro. That's good to know. I'll keep that in mind. But Mafia, Bill Mafia, you can't. No, no. I'm. Not, I wouldn't accept it personally. Okay. Come to Philly. All right. Brees Hall play of the week. That is my. That is my favorite play by far. I'm going Brees Hall pretty easily. 61 and a half rushing yards. I think he gets that finally off that snap count. I'm going to go with, you know, I don't know who. What's the, what's the Denver lines? Don't the Denver that. lines, Russell Wilson's at 227 and a half. One and a half passing touchdowns. Judy is at 49 and a half receiving yards. Is Sutton's it? at 46 and a half receiving yards. I'll probably go under on DJ Reed not playing. He Ooh. is not playing. I'm going to go over Brees Hall, 61 and a half rushing yards. I'm going under on Sutton, 46 and a half receiving yards. And you know what? Zach Wilson. I, I just need 27 and a half. If, if the rushing game's going, we get the passing game going. But you know what? This is a big blowout game from Garrett Wilson. I'm not going to go with Zach. I'm going to go with Gary. 60 and a half receiving yards. I'm going over on that. You know what? And I don't hate that because teams have been doing their best to scheme up getting their best receiver away from Sertan. It worked with DJ Moore. He had himself a great ball game. And, of course, Tyree Kill. That didn't matter. Even when he lined up on PSU, he had a good game. I don't mind that line at all. I'm going Brees Hall over in the rushing yards. And I'm going to go Sutton under. He's not good either. He has, he has multiple touchdowns this year. That's go good. Ahead. Good to know. Your team has multiple. Ugh. Our offense is good. Stop. <laughs> Your offense is okay. It's like a top 11, top 12 unit. You have, what, one win? One. One flat? One. You, don't, you guys don't to be honest with you, points. bro, we should be 3-1. Yeah, should be. You shouldn't have won that Bears game. We shouldn't have won the Bears game, but we did. So you we should, should have beat the Commanders. We should have beat the Raiders. We should be 3-1. We're fucking ass. So 2-2. Two 3-1. Two. Should have lost the Bears game. But I guess. But we came back from 21 if down. If you want to play that we should have won, I could play that you should have lost. So you should be 2-2. Two two. That's valid. We can be at the middle. I like that. All right. Gee. Two and two, you know, that's a solid team. <laughs> right now, that'd be tied. No. Tied for like eight. A lot of teams are two and two. Right Chiefs now. are three and one. 
Yes. Yes. Browns are two and two. Chargers, I think. They're two and two. Two, two and two. two. A lot of two and two teams. Raiders right. are one and three. Raiders suck. They're one win. And that's going to do it for episode 316 of the Pick Aside podcast. Eastern Conference predictions next week will do the West. And we'll be back on Sunday on YouTube after Didn't even know Sunday. Yeah, I've been football. looking at it all show. Yeah. Sunday Night Football for the United Cowboys will be live after yeah, the game. I'm, I'm, I'm there tonight. I'm there that Sunday. Yeah, you have to be. Unless Purdy stinks it up. I won't be. <laughs> <laughs> so if he stinks it up, you're not showing up? No, I'll, I'll still show up because, you know, we, we got to take our L's like a man in here. So if Purdy plays like shit, I'll show up. But if he doesn't. Oh, <laughs> it, it's live. Wait. It's up and it's stuck. That's Sunday night, too. I love that. No, they did an excellent job. Finally. Correct. You can follow us on Twitter, Pick Aside Pod, on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.